Welcome to the Positively Star Wars Senate Podcast. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi. May the Force be with you. Looky, looky, Senator. This is Jedi arriving. Star Wars fans and welcome to the latest episode of the Positively Star Wars Senate podcast. This episode was recorded on Sunday the 27th of August 2023 using the powerful diode of the Force which pairs two Force sensitive beings making them one with the Force and sharing a collection that spans across time and space, otherwise known as Microsoft and Skype. My name is Stephen, the Chancellor of the Senate, the obligatory Brit contingent of this otherwise American crew. As we get together to talk positively about Star Wars roughly the next hour and a bit. This episode is brought to you by Ray Stevenson. But um, getting to, to wield the lightsaber is just the best feeling in the world. And the first, the first time that they handed it to me uh, for the camera test, you, you couldn't help yourself. You make the noise. You make the noise. Oh, everybody says it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, everybody does. <laughs> Which I thought was very potent, given that we've actually got our first Star Wars look at the actor who sadly passed away not that long ago. Northern Irish actor, a mere 58 years old, which makes me feel old now. Um, of course, he's in Ahsoka and he plays the Order 66 survivor and mercenary known as Balin Skull. But I was also looking up on Wikipedia what he was also in. So he was in King Arthur in the film in 2004, Titus Pulo. Um, no, but didn't watch that. The BBC series Rome. I didn't know he was in that. I did watch that at the time. He was also in The Punisher, in Punisher War Zone film, The Superhero Squad show, and some other stuff I'd never known. I was in The Three Musketeers, which I also watched and didn't know he was in either. And is in one of my favourite TV series of, of all time, Black Sails, who is actually Blackbeard. I didn't know he was in that either. And of course, He's also previously been in Star Wars Rebels and the Clone Wars voicing Gar Saxon. Um, so it's not our first intro to uh, Ray Stevenson, but as we had an old potent reminder in the first episode of Ahsoka, we should remember and appreciate Ray Stevenson at this time and uh, thoughts, thoughts with all the family and friends and stuff of him. So, as ever, before we go on proper, it's time as ever to get a quick word from our sponsors. The galaxy's most legendary heroes, fearsome villains, and coolest vehicles. Now available to take home and play with at Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, and KFC. Right now at participating KFC locations, you can get one of these cool Star Wars Episode One collectible toys inside every KFC kids meal you buy. Fantastic. Ah, thank you very much to our sponsors. We, we don't know where we'd be without them. And uh, so, whereas I'm in the UK, I am joined this month by my ever-positive friends from across that great big expanse of water known as the Atlantic in the United States of America. And in Skype random order, this time we have Tony. Hey, everyone. Glad to be back. Yes, welcome back, Tony. Our special guest, uh, Senator uh, Marie. Good morning. Glad to be back as well. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. Yeah. Welcome back, of course. Uh, Ron? 
Greetings and salutations, Chancellor, fellow senators. Good morning. Ricky. Hello. And Ryan. Oh, I'm last? I'm never last. <laughs> if I don't want to take over Ron's... It's uh, quite random order. I guess, yeah. I guess I love him back, so I guess I'm last. So, hello there. Hello there. Right, so before we get going on this uh, episode, as always, we start with the Senate quiz questions. And I have got two here that I've uh, actually spent a good 15 minutes trying to find uh, yesterday because they're both Ahsoka related. Ahsoka related, should I say? Ahsoka? Is that Ahsoka? Ahsoka? Um, so I will give the two questions at the start of the episode and then I will give you the answers at the end. So uh, for those listening now, write down a piece of paper or just have a think about it during the show and we will revisit at the end. So the two Ahsoka related questions are, oh, this is Hopefully, if anybody can remember this, what was the name of the red colored droid in the shipyard that revealed they'd seen an assassin droid? It did have a name because, uh, what should we call it? I can't remember. I called him over and gave him a name to uh, talk about the various protocols that are in um, operation on the shipyard. That's and, true. don't say, don't say it. And, we did have a crawl, although people call it a crawl at the start. I didn't really call it a crawl, but we'll discuss that. So the question is, how many words were there in that crawl oh. opening um, thing? And you remember we had that question about the crawl. Um, was it last week, last time or the time before? And I think we said 88 was the most in the Phantom Menace. Was it the Phantom Menace which had the most words? I've forgotten already. No, it wasn't. It was, um, what's the first sequel one called? Help me out again. Mine's gone blank. Force first Awakens? Sequel. Fossil Rakers. I think it's the Fossil Rakers had the most words. Anyhow, that had 88 words, I think, in it. And I tell you, there's more words in this one. So, Am I allowed to ask Bing, Stephen? Sorry? <laughs> Am I allowed to ask Bing what the answer is? No. <laughs> no. And you can't Bing it, you can't Google it, and you uh, can't look it up, but you can't look it up, really. Okay. So, this episode, we were going to be talking about the first two episodes of Ahsoka, which uh, had happened, we just seen very recently, as the time of recording. And then we're going to have uh, Ricky and Ryan tell us about the Rise of the Red Blade um, book review, um, which they've been reading and which none of us else could be bothered to uh, to read. So they have saved us uh, some hours of our time and will tell us about what happens in it and their thoughts and reactions to that. Um, how long that would be depends on how long it takes us to get through Ahsoka, of which there is a lot of goodiness to go because on the 22nd of August, for you guys, actually, 22nd was the Saturday. Sorry, Tuesday, isn't it? Yes. So for you guys over there on the other side of the pond, you got to see it before I did. I was snoring my head off. And um, although Ryan also didn't see it until Wednesday evening either. So he's probably watching it more or less at the same sort of time. Because I didn't bother to watch it to the evening either. But all you other lucky souls got to see it early. And they dropped both parts one and part two. So... Spoiler warning! Um, I say I'm getting this from Wikipedia. Don't ask Bing because, as me and Ricky knows, it's got it completely wrong for what actually happens in these uh, two episodes. Because apparently, it starts with Ahsoka having a vision, um, which I mean, I've got a bad memory, but I don't remember that. Um, so, episode one, part one, Master and Apprentice, directed and written by Dave Filoni. In Dave, we trust. So, 
Balin Skull, a former Jedi, now working as a mercenary, and his apprentice, Shin Hattai, Hattai assault a New Republic cruiser to rescue Morgan Elsbeth. Is it Elsbeth? Should check this beforehand. Who had previously been captured by Ahsoka Tano. Elspeth informs Skull that Ahsoka is searching for Grand Admiral Thrawn, who has been missing for years after previously being defeated by Ezra Bridger. Oh, not to worry, Captain. I've found this whole experience to be very enlightening. Ahsoka and Huyang obtain a star map to the location of Thrawn and potentially Bridger before being informed of Elspeth's escape. Regrouping with the fleet, Ahsoka meets General Heroes Taduna, whereupon Huang reveals that the star map is still locked. Damn it. Sinduna advises Ahsoka to obtain the help of Sabine Wren, Ahsoka's former Padawan, in unlocking the map. Just as Wren unlocks the map, she's confronted by Shin, who steals the map and stabs Wren doing a doll. Dun dun dun! I have to... I have to confess, much like when he's watching Obi-Wan and the Grand Inquisitor got stabbed, I was just thinking, eh? Um, at that point at the end. So, episode one. We will, uh, let's just, well, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go through each one by one to start off with, and then we'll go for a free fall. Just get your thoughts and feelings. Tony. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, let me see, what were the, what was, what stood out? Uh, I really liked the uh, Balin and Shin. Um, it was good seeing uh, the ghost crew. Well, basically, who was a chopper? Chopper? Did we see Chopper in this episode, or was it the next episode? I think it's the next. Uh, yeah, it was the next one. Okay, yeah. So Hera, Hera was good, and uh, Sabine was good. The only thing with Sabine, which also kind of goes for for Ahsoka a little bit, was uh, their personalities in this series, and I guess it's by design. You know, just what they're going through. Um, they're very, uh, I don't know, down. <laughs> You know, like they were they were a little more upbeat in the previous animated series. And I don't know if it's just the transition. I don't think so, though, because, uh, you know, Hera seemed very much like her character did. Uh, so I'm assuming that uh, Sabine and Ahsoka's little more serious demeanors, I guess, you know, have to do with just kind of what they're going through at the moment uh, on a personal they level. They definitely have a wedge between them, that's for sure. They got some drama. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but I don't know, like, like, especially like Ahsoka, too. Like, she just seems a lot more serious than, you know, she had when we last saw her in Rebels, I guess. Um, so, I, again, I don't know if that's that's just by design or, or, you know, I'm not sure what to attribute it to. But that was just something I noticed uh, that kind of stood out to me. Um, other than that, I thought it was it was good. I mean, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, the action was good. Uh, yeah, that's a good. Looking forward to, to more. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't. Oh yeah, I haven't binged it or anything. But do we know how many years it is since uh, the end of Rebels? Between as it has elapsed, I don't. I don't think it depends how long said. it was between like A New Hope. How long was the OT time span? Like those three movies. There's definitely four some timeline. It was four years. Was four years, so it's like almost ten years then. Well, because remember, Mando, Mando is verified as nine years ABY. So oh, five. No, ABY. So it's five oh, years. After, yeah, but, yeah. Return, five years after Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. plus yes. four series. So. 
Hmm. Yeah. So it's about yeah, 10 and, years from. And the only so I checked my timeline book this morning and it lists the capture of Morgan Esbeth from Mandalorian as 9 ABY. And it lists the training of Grogu by Luke as 9 ABY. But remember, that's subject to change because uh, Favreau released that weird statement that, oh, you know, maybe he was training for two years. And a mm. lot of people questioned it. Like, so we don't exactly know this time period. It's either 9 ABY or like 11 ABY. So well, it's, it's at least 10 years since the end of Rebels when we saw Thrawn get vanished. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, at least 10 years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We had some speculation. I had some heavy speculation. We had some speculation that uh, the Ahsoka show was going to work towards speaking on where the heck Ahsoka was during the original trilogy, but that's not the case now, right? Ahsoka is happening after Return of the Jedi, after the fall of the Empire. It's right there in the crawl. So there's still going to be. That's not for the today, and that is. But there's still going to be that aspect, and maybe the show will address it to some extent of where the heck was she during the original trilogy i like say we talked about it and thought well that she's all finding looking for thrawn and ezra in parts unknown or whatever and didn't know about it type of thing but clearly that is not the case no that's definitely a, a story for another time yeah, another story, yeah. that would have been that would have been a good option that would have been a good option for like at least the first season of her show just sure where where she was during all that time I think I, I would love it too. We would love it. This this council would love it. You know, as fans would. But I don't know if that makes for much of a a show for any lay fan or any new fan. But to find the Star Wars character they know nothing about, just off on weird adventures or off doing or, well, but or then that's, in, in or a that's way good. that in a way that would be interesting for people that didn't know her because then she's like, well, how come she wasn't in these other movies and where was she during that time? Well, here she. This is where she was. Well, what you, what could what do you expect? What could she possibly be doing that she's not off I looking? I don't know. <laughs> that that I no being off looking for Thrawn on some other galaxy is the only thing that makes any sense of how she doesn't get any wind, sense anything in the Force, or otherwise not around for the original trilogy. But I do not want to go down mm-hmm. that rabbit hole rant. Uh, we've got she, so she was stuck in a collapsed temple with like no way to get off. My mall was stuck there too before. So I've heard that too. And yeah. so she it might have taken stuck. some time just to get back in the swing of things. That's yeah. for sure. Ezra, Ezra pulls her out, but he pulls her out and they both go back to their respective point in time in in the timeline, if you think of it in that back to the future sense. And mm-hmm. Ezra's about a year um after she is back at malachor he would easily be able to tell somebody hey send a ship to malachor ahsoka's stuck there so she could not though because she told him like that so he wanted to keep her and she's like no i have to go back because it's going to disrupt things right so, they both go back to their it's, it's the same way like he didn't say tell anybody about obi-wan like he just didn't want to interfere and kind of by the end on the finale ezra kind of knew it was going to go down so he was being really cryptic and reserved and didn't really. He doesn't have to tell happen. anyone. He just has to send a ship to Malachor. Yeah, but she didn't even want to be involved. She said, I don't belong here. So she went back because she got, got kind of re- mad at him that he pulled her out. He's like, you shouldn't have done that. Got to rescue yeah. her off Malachor, though. Yeah, she she kind of just wanted to be left out because it wasn't her time. So. Mm. Well, that's a cheap out. I'm sure that's going to come up at some point. How soon or how not, I don't know. But, uh, okay, Marie, Marie, let's have your initial thoughts, please. Um, 
I liked it a lot. I was um, I was kind of put off, like others have said, uh, with the characterization of Sabine and Ahsoka as like kind of serious and and just kind of to me they seemed a little bit flat. But I think that there's yeah. uh, those particular actors are still growing into their characters. Number one. And number two, I think that the seriousness and the kind of like more grown upishness kind of is merited in this case because we are looking at a a show that's targeted more towards adult fans than the children who are watching Clone Wars and Rebels. I mean, obviously we were all watching it too, and we're all adults, but uh, those were largely targeted towards children. I did like the visual design of it a lot. I mean, it calls to mind. Um, that ship in the beginning calls to mind very much like uh, Return of the Jedi vibes. And I like that a lot because they're still going to be using all that equipment from Return of the Jedi because they're not going to have all that money yet, you, you know, uh, invested into infrastructure and ships and, and their army and stuff like that. The uniforms that they were using as rebels have been repurposed to like the New Republic military, et cetera, et cetera. But the one thing I was the most stunned by was when Ahsoka walks into that temple and I was like, am I watching animated? Like, am I watching an episode of Rebels? Because this looks straight out of Rebels. Or um, am I watching like an actual live TV show? It took a minute for my brain to kind of resolve, oh, this is like a TV, like a, like actual live in the flesh TV and not like an animated show. But that's um, that set in the volume, uh, the temple, the outside of the temple was so realistic and so, so well done. And it had really like that design of Rebels down pat, even though it was not Rebels, it was Ahsoka. Mm. Um, other things I liked, I like Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Hera, but it's not the same as having Vanessa Marshall for me. Uh, her voice, her voice sounds a little different. It's like a little bit deeper, a little bit huskier, I guess. I'm not sure exactly, but um, but I still like her. I, I I've always loved Hera. And then I think what else? Oh, and at the end there of that episode, uh, when when Shin puts the lightsaber through uh, through Sabine's midsection, I screamed. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I thought they were going to kill her off. I was wait, I was I thought they were going to make her like a main character in the show, and here she's not. But um, yeah. you know, obviously that didn't happen. I was generally shocked. I thought, was, was, are we going to go for a Bobby Ewing kind of thing here, or was it? Or was this going to be something, uh, something else? I was like, what? How are they going to explain this one? But thankfully, we didn't have to wait more than about a nanosecond to play next episode and uh, and find out uh, what was going on. Um, yeah, yeah. But I was I was shocked then myself um, for a minute. But um, yeah, well, that, that did get explained away quite quickly. Uh, really, uh, Rom. Uh, good morning, Chancellor. Yeah, the first afternoon. episode of a... I well afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah cheers. I um, absolutely uh, clearly uh, just enjoyed it like everyone else said and pointed out or whatever that opening shot, that Republic ship, uh, just the design aesthetics right back to the little kid in '77 just watching some Star Wars. The action, you know, the opening action uh, was got you sucked in, and 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 the the rest of the episode was just beautiful to look at and a captivating story. Had its slow moments, you know, here and there to, to, to some extent, but was was captivating to watch it as a fan of the animated 
And someone who's consumed uh, um, anything Star Wars on screen, whatever, and having watched Clone Wars and Rebels, very excited to see more or see where this story goes. I was very concerned, not concerned, just curious where the timeline was on this. And I think um, they sort of helped to establish that and add to Ahsoka's story, add to the lore and the myth of uh, what's going on in in the Star Wars universe. (coughs) The... um, the, oh, the it's really choking the, you up, isn't it, Rob? Yeah, yeah, no. The, <laughs> the, the opening scene, the, the the captain and his bravado. Um, um, it's an old Jedi code, and he goes down to check him out, and and he takes it. He's like, oh, send a security card detail with me. He takes all of what six people or eight people. It just <laughs> that was my one chuckle moment. I think um, I think it's compulsory for uh, New Republic characters to be f- stupid. Yeah, you're going down there. You don't know who was going, and 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 they didn't flank or they didn't set up positions. That was that was a bit of a tell of well, this is going sideways in a hurry. What are we doing here? And then the 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 um Marie pointed out the 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 um scene at the end. I was very taken aback about that too. I was like, wait, what? Wow. But I quickly got over it because I think the trailer sort of um uh, ruined that moment for anyone that watched the trailer because. Yeah. <laughs> in there, nice haircut. She had not waiting for her to cut her hair the whole show. Yeah, she, she, she's sitting there, uh, getting stabbed, swinging her saber, you know, at at, at the air. So you know, you kind of know that they kind of gave a tell that she's not stabbed and and, and with a fatal stab or whatever, because she was still swinging. Sabine's still swinging afterwards, whatever. But she still had long hair. And if you watch the trailer, and and you know, you're waiting for the nice haircut line and the chopping of the hair and the short haircut. I mean, that's not there. So I'm like, well, okay, she's clearly coming back. A because I'm a fan, I know they're not killing off Sabine first episode. Wow, that would be amazing if they did. And then to you know, just do the well, she didn't have short hair yet. So that's probably you know, that's why they're doing dropping two episodes back to back. I'm sure we'll see her in, in episode two. And yeah, what I think the first scene happened. Anyway, loved it. Absolutely enjoyed episode one, the action, the visuals, and the story that was that's that's uh, kicked us off and started us off with Ahsoka. Yeah. Yeah, a quick shout out to New Republic cleaners who are just immaculate at keeping that place looking sparkling right. and speckled. Yeah. I have to say, as I, as I get a new Hoover on Monday, I am looking forward to trying to follow in their footsteps in the house and uh, trying to get I do like the, the crawls here. You know, to call it a crawl, it does kind of crawl across the screen. Or whatever I was. At first, I was like, ew, and I don't know if I like this. I wish it was like the movies, but then uh, like, ah, okay, let the show have its stylized yeah. crawl I didn't... a crawl um i would assume that we just put paragraph one after the other rather than do that but that's just i me. like the scroll i like the capitalization of certain elements whatever whatever however that algorithm works or whatever and i also like the stylized the style of the show that sort of um what's it do it, you know it shows you a scene and then it shows you the title card and and you know the, the intro music you know that it doesn't start there that it just gets yeah, right. right into it. Does anybody and know then... the significance of them always putting Ahsoka's stuff red, like the lettering? Because uh, Clone Wars did that too. Did they? When, yeah, the, the dark those final episodes with her, they just make it yeah, red all the time. I don't know. And the crawl was red. Too. That. Well, yeah. I assume they did it in the Clone Wars just to show that it was a different yeah series sort of kind of uh, different. I wonder why red though. I don't know. Looks nice. Yeah, it is. Okay, so uh, Ricky, your thoughts? Oh, um, yeah, no, I I enjoyed it a lot. I was just sitting there like in love with the Lost Cat and um, watching seeing Lethal in live action was cool. They they perfectly recreated everything. 
And then the mural didn't have him right or Asadi and that other senator kid that was he was also on Rebels and that's the second man, episode. It was, huh? Was that the second episode? No, it was the first episode. It's the second episode, isn't it? First, when they first introduced Sabine and she's with that cool music and going. Yeah. The first it's the first episode. Episode. Oh, I think it might be the first. You might be right. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, all that stuff. I thought it was cool. Um, I like you know, I like the. The opening was completely like the original Star Wars with the ship going over and all that stuff. It was, it was cool. I enjoyed it. It was um really I I know I've seen people saying that like you know Soka is kind of dour and you know Sabine and them, but um yeah like I I just chalk it up to she's older. She's been through a lot. Apparently whatever she was doing during the OT time kind of affected her. And she even in Rebel she was kind of like you know really quiet and and solemn. Like I I rewatched the the finale for uh, um Rebels a couple days ago and like yeah she. She's not cracking wise anymore. She's not jumping around. She's basically just standing there talking to Ezra um, in a serious manner. So, I mean, it's it's kind of falling falls in line with that. And this is, like, what, 10 years later, like we just said. So um, that didn't really bother me. I, I loved all the casting. Um, I thought they were they were good. Sabine was awesome. And so was uh, Hera. I'm waiting to see if they bring Zeb in. But just seeing, you know, this cartoon that we watched, you know, years back in live action. Now it's just, just awesome. I just kept looking for stuff in the background when they were in the temple and all that stuff. And, um, I was completely, uh, was that, I don't know if it was the second episode when they showed, uh, Morgan with the, uh, with the guys and they were bullshit with the night sister, but yeah, this, all the lore, I, anytime anything star Wars is like adds to Canon and the lore. I'm, I, I love it. Like everything had a purpose in the show. So I thought it was great. Can't wait for, uh, for the rest of the season. And I put yeah. it, I remember I joked in, in, in the group, I said about uh, when I saw the loft cat and I was just got these feeling of like the gremlins and and it suddenly going mad. <laughs> and I know you said you didn't think that, but I mean, I just said, you don't have a cat. And I think Maria probably might well hopefully agree with me that cats can turn in a nanosecond. And I could see that cat with like uh, great big teeth and claws coming right at anybody. Um, so. uh... Well, given what my cat did to me a couple of weeks ago, yes, I would agree with that assessment. <laughs> well, yes. didn't it always hiss at Ezra all the time, the loft cat? Like, he would always see one. It's a cat. It's a cat. They, they yeah. do they do sorts of weird things. Yeah, he would always see one. Mm. He would see him. I don't remember him ever being mean, like a cat yeah. being mean to Ezra at all. But yeah, it was, it was well, they did show cool. Yeah, wasn't that part of Ezra's force gift that he can, like, talk to the animals? That's why I'm hoping they show yeah, that. That's not too nice. He had a connection with him, sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Ryan. <laughs> I know, I, I made him sound like Dr. Doolittle, but... Yeah. But you, know <laughs> yeah. you said it then. I can talk to the animals. Talking to a turtle. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ryan. All right, so coming from the point of a fan who only watched the animated series because of Ahsoka appearing in live action... Uh, I, I did enjoy this. I mean, it's a lot of new characters that I don't have years of connections with. It's just me binging quickly through the shows and like honestly half paying attention through most of them because sitting down and watching, you know, a hundred, 150 plus episodes was a lot of work. So, but as far as the production value of the show, that's what's like really impressing me. Like, I don't get the negativity towards any of the actors. They're actors. They're doing their job. They're picked for a reason. You know, I think they're all doing just fine. Um, but like the planets look great. The music is up there with Gorenson's level and just on a different uh, like plane, too. And I'm sure we'll touch on this stuff a little bit later. But Sabine's music, the entry music, the outro music, like the hallway theme 
it was, I mean, those are playing on my list now. Like those were all fantastic. Um, and again, we'll dig more into it probably later. Also the, just the overall mystery of the show. I'm sure we were kind of expecting some things, but to, again, we'll touch on it maybe a little bit or start off with it, but to go to another galaxy. I mean, who would have thought it was anything like that, which just opens up a huge book of possibilities um, as far as Star Wars goes, as far as um, expanded, you know, the, the expanded universe goes, which I'm not the biggest fan of, but I know things that exist from there. And to even bring those things on is interesting, even though, you know, another galaxy is crazy far away and it could expand Star Wars into different ways. It's just really fun. And that mystery is what really hooks me because nobody expected Purgles to have a flock mentality where, you know, where birds flock from the north to the south, they flock from galaxy to galaxy, and they just happen to drag along a bunch of ships with them. So that idea overall was really interesting to me. And before we start our free-for-all, I just wanted to use the rest of my time, because again, I'm like a timeline person. So the ages of all the characters, I checked the timeline book, and I like to know where everyone kind of sits. Like we discussed, we're already 9 ABY, like 9 to 11 years so I couldn't find anything on Balin Skull, the Master, Shin Hati, the Apprentice, Morgan's Elsbeth, which we'll touch on the Night Sister. There's no mention of them or ages. So just so we know, Ahsoka is now about 45 in the show. Sabine Wren is 30. Hera is 36. And Hu Yang the Droid is 25,029. <laughs> it's like, that's like the he, ages of everyone. 75% original parts. Yeah, which parts? So touch on, but that's kind of you know where they're generally born at, how long they went through everything. So, um, and then however you want to pick a topic, I guess for the free for all, we can kind of talk about something. But uh, as far as episode one, because they didn't talk about the galaxy stuff till episode two. Um, it doesn't really, yeah. Chatter does suggest that we're we're going to be going to another galaxy because that would be the easiest way to explain away how nothing dramatic has happened in this galaxy and why it hasn't been mentioned yet. Um, but it does sound, does sound like that. Yeah, at the same time, they could easily just be in the unknown regions. So I wonder why they picked another galaxy because our galaxy has an unknown reason region. So mm. even at didn't the say that it was pointing to a place in between. That galaxy and another? No, it the, pointed to the galaxy for I sure. They mentioned something that's in between two galaxies. So, but and then Ooh, also the world between worlds. Yeah. And <laughs> mm-hmm. then another thing that kind of pops up that it almost makes a little bit more sense is it never really clicked with me and I never really liked it. Um, but in the original trilogy, and I don't know if it's in the remakes or not, because those are kind of the ones I grew up on. If you remember, I think it was at the end of New Hope when Luke and Leia and a bunch of others on the ship, and they're looking down at our galaxy. You know, they're kind of looking out the window as the image is closing out. They're looking oh, at it. Yeah, there is like a spiral galaxy in the Empire Strikes Back. That was one. Hmm. So that was yeah. That they're outside the galaxy. Um, but mm-hmm. now we're getting stories of oh yeah, people have been outside the galaxy because it happened in the OT, and now these purples have obviously traveled to new galaxies. So just that. Like, that always bothered me, that they're just looking down at the galaxy. I'm like, do you have any idea millions of light years you are away right now? <laughs> like, did you just take a hyperspace lane and stop? They just pretty much try to throw space 
stuff in the background. <laughs> in Do we scene. want people to be yeah. in, in the way this might go? Do we want people to be jumping to different galaxies? Do we want to keep these galaxies separate? Because yeah. um, or... they already make Star Wars already makes planets and galaxies look small in comparison. Like yeah. what planet has kind of one main hub they have one environment we travel see <laughs> a matter of weeks type of thing um but then now to travel to another galaxy you know uh, i'm a little apprehensive where it's like i don't want star wars to be a bunch of different galaxies because that's that's too big we already make things really small um so it's and who knows if this triggers something from a response from that galaxy down the timeline because and we get that else is gonna pop out <laughs> At the end, you know, at the end of the two episode discussion, I'd like to kind of discuss where do we think it's going after the two episodes. We can discuss where it's going. Oh, I make a note. Remind me. Because my my so put that in the notes, whatever. Because like my mind is definitely changed after watching these two episodes from where I thought was going to happen, and I'm reading a Thrawn book right now, so I'm like, man, things are changing right now for me, um, and lots of surprises. So, uh, as far as the first episode though. What did everyone think of pretty much these two new former Jedi's, Balin and uh Oh, I loved them. I really digged it. So yeah. supposedly he was a Jedi that kind of disappeared after Order Sixty Six and he kinda of found they made it seem like he just found uh Shin Shin Hadi and then trained her because she was force sensitive. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He survived yeah. Order Sixty Six. Yeah. Right. And somehow found a Shin and which in in the comics that happened quite a bit where like they yeah. just went in a highlight. I remember there's one story where one of the Jedi just ended up like you know changing clothes and he became basically a swindler, like you know playing card tricks on people for money, <laughs> you know because he had the yep. force. So yeah, I mean right. that they had to do with the head sure Comic book Potter that right you just if the ten th- thousands of Jedi whatever Order sixty six is trying to wipe them all out, but there's plenty out yeah. there tell their story until they get get found out i like that they had sort of a connection tie to the jedi that they were just straight up sort of seth the bad guys or whatever they were this weird looking out for themselves looking for power more power than you can imagine type of line uh that yeah i find them very intriguing so far um with their powers okay. with what they're yeah. after what they're chasing yes yeah, i say i like the idea of a sort of you call it a retired inquisitor as well uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of wondering why know, they're helping. Like, you think he would have became an Inquisitor? Because he, I mean, obviously he's kind of dark already. You know, they kind of labeled him like Dark Jedi. I, I think he's being older because well, Grand Inquisitor seemed like old for his whatever he was, whatever. But yeah, I like that he's not necessarily an Inquisitor. He's he's out for it for himself, or he's in it for himself to some extent. Not he doesn't. He's a Master Jedi. He doesn't need. Like inquisitors seem to have signed on to become inquisitors so that they can continue their learning, training, and 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 you know grow more or whatever. Where he's this master fallen Jedi or some somebody older, whether he's a master or not, but somebody older with it. That he's just out for it for himself to some extent and doesn't need the inquisitorious type of type of. Um, we'll see that book kind of goes into that. We haven't got into yeah. <laughs> episode two yet. I was going to say, but before we just we say episode, how many people went just after um, Soko had defeated the uh, assassin droid and they they were she was battling off with the uh, I love those droids. and he gets and he gets his blade and he likes one blade, and he likes the second blade. How many did you think is going to go in helicopter mode then? 
I was convinced he was going to helicopter off at the end there. <laughs> but he didn't. I thought, here we well, go. He got the mode. Here comes all. Here comes the, the social media. He but, did double blade throw it at her, and when he hops on and runs away, like the bad guys always do, and hops oh, on the ship, that is absolutely brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. If you watch, she does a little wiggle to get out of its way. <laughs> yeah. She knows it's coming back, so she gets out of its way. And I just, I, I've seen that now a couple of times or whatever. And I just, well, why not? If you know it's coming, why not throw your lightsaber in its path and disrupt it so it doesn't go back to him? Okay. But I've kind of come to come to terms with it that it just it might be out of a respect for the saber for the blade or whatever to to not try to destroy it or, or you know like i say hit it and so it doesn't fly back to him the saber is not what does the damage it's the person wielding it or whatever so she lets it lets it alone if you will so to speak versus trying to disrupt it because she clearly knows it's coming back she gets out of the way you know that's not luck she's she may she's not have known to the last minute she was being fired at quite a bit into that bit okay. no, she's standing there she's he's at that point he's already she was fired at to create some distance that bad guy jumps up onto the platform or whatever so she's just standing there watching them get away maybe she she hoped it would just fly past her and impale him you know okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I did, like, the um there was a great line um i think it's one of the yeah it's the first droid she meets after she's at the uh, after she gets the map the very first droid and he says in a very sort of um kylo ren way the map give me the map yeah give it to me you know or you will give it to me or something like that it was very much a callback very much <laughs> poetry yeah. to that the, the same, the same cadence and everything just in a droid yeah. voice love i you know i watching watching that scene i am uh Completely glad that uh, IG um, eighty eight did not self destruct in uh, Mando's first episode because <laughs> it would have just uh, that was that a whole. little excessive. Yeah, yeah. There were three that, of them though, so that that's why. That's but I, I, I love that scene when they're the sitting there posing in the self destruct mode, and he they go on the knee, and they look. It was cool. I I like the way that looked. But yeah. Self destruct is to blow up so you can't find me. But that was that was that was destroy whatever city you're in. <laughs> So that, <laughs> well, hang on, that would have destroyed the map. So why would you want to do that? Yeah, there, there's a there's a number of things potentially wrong with self-destruct mode in that sense or whatever, because you don't necessarily know she has the map at that point. Well, Balin kind of says that too. He's like, we don't even know if the map survived. If we're lucky, she got it. And it's, he tells uh, Morgan that. Yeah, there was a line, a blurb there. But when in that scene, the place isn't charred up very much. For that explosion, the first explosion, you see a Hiroshima-type cloud go straight up and then the the distance that that um the ground cover explosion which was a very cool effect i will give it it looked visually cool i just didn't quite understand the, the the physics of it if you will star wars physics you have to put up with it but yeah it should have been charred up a little bit more it seems once they were back there but he does definitely make a line about the well great we don't even know if it's even yeah. here she has it so in regards <laughs> to the map how is there a map to throne See, I was it buried down there for God knows how long. You know, like how's that? How it that it seems like it's just been there forever because it's just a map to like the quote yeah. unknown regions or whatever. Yeah the, idea, yeah, the idea is it's not a map to Thrawn. It's just a map to the to the area or space where Thrawn had gone. And something's telling her that okay. he's there. Yeah. You know, something's telling her that. Yeah. I had the very much the same concern and eventually hashed it out in my head to some extent that that if they get wind that Thrawn was was taken, you know, find, somehow Morgan, because nobody would know about it other than the rebels. Who was telling 
maybe the capture exactly who was telling them what happened to thrawn that he was that these weird things space whales showed up and then they just disappeared it's almost like they jumped into hyperspace somebody hears that says oh I've heard tale, legend, story of of these things, and they live in this galaxy somewhere else or whatever, but nobody knows where it is. Well, Hera thought he was dead. I've heard of a map that tells how to get to this galaxy or whatever where these space whales are. But we always thought it was just kids' stories, legends, whatever, whatever. So we need to find this map that tells us how to get to this this magical place, if you will, type of thing or whatever. So yeah, I didn't take I initially took it as a map to throw on. That doesn't make any sense how yeah. with this with this ancientness. But if it's an ancient map to or the potential ancient map to this other place that's only been told or known about in legend or whatever, that that's where we think Thrawn is, then it becomes sort of a viable uh, well, that's why they're off chasing this super ancient map that, that shows this pathway or shows this location to this yeah. other yeah. land, magical yeah. land. Yeah. And that, that yeah, I, it, it wasn't a map to it. Luke. It was a map to the first Jedi temple. So, you know, it's, it's right. a map to the location, not to the person. Which is where he was. It's, yeah, it's, no, I, I watched the episode again. I watched the first one. I didn't watch the second one, but I watched the first one again. And upon watching it again, I, I kept thinking about that. And I kind of came up with the same thing that as you, Ron, you know, the same thing. It's not so much that they're, it's a map to Thrawn. It's a map to where the Pergil nest or where, oh, where they yeah. live or where they, where they end up or whatever. To the Pergil depot, you know what I mean? But, um, uh, but again, I was think, that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, well, who knew? that like who knew that he got taken there and who's who's telling them i don't know it, it brings they, up questions to me and i'm sure it's something along these lines but uh and we'll we'll find out i'm sure but it's, actually it's, you're you know, making those, me those, play those this episode they captured all the empire and and yeah. back to the globe and then they launched it and then didn't they destroy it and blow it up so there aren't yeah. any captured uh, Imperials or whatever that are there. So there they, yeah. were because after that happens, they show the people Lothal celebrating, and they open up some bunker, and there's uh, stormtroopers, and they're like, put their hands right. up. So from yeah. the ground, could the ground see what was happening well, up see, in space with the purple? No one knows what happened because it was just Ezra and Thrawn, and you know the couple people that were on that ship with him, um, and then the Pergil. Yeah, I mean, that's the, why Hera says, like, you think he's alive? Like, he died, and Sabine's like, yeah. well, we never saw it got confirmation. You know, so they don't right. know. They assume that they took off in hyperspace happen. and they died. How does, how does Morgan know, you know, who... She's who, getting... Something's going in her... She said she's getting visions or dreams or whatever. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where it blows up my theory of, you know, they've heard... The, or they, somebody heard about the Girl or saw that take place. And somebody could have dropped that nugget and and over the course of time that makes its way and they, they have something like that oh, we've got six more episodes so yeah I'm sure and then that was my end. that was my other question see is that uh where does morgan Nelspeth come into all this you know what i mean like why how and why is she connected to how's balen connected to? well balen's a Balin's a mercenary. He he was hired just to you yeah. Know. Morgan just happens to know. And remember, that's the one that Ahsoka's been searching through the whole time, because she unless she knows that Morgan's a night sister, and that's why I called the Purgle like migratory at the beginning, because realistically we've seen Purgle all over the galaxy. So I totally agree with you, Tony. Was like, why is there a map? And maybe this map is just a bird watching map. It's like, oh yeah, <laughs> these. Yeah, these turtles return to this island every X years to, you know, have children or may. And it's like maybe their migratorial pattern is 
A, B, C, D, and just like the main place where they return every X amount of years is this other galaxy. So they just, Ahsoka mainly uh, just assumes that they go there and she knows for some reason, and again, for some reasons, the MacGuffin is introduced this character. She's a night sister and they have a map that's who knows how long that's just a bird watching map, you know? Oh, I just track turtles. And it's like, well, maybe they took all the ships here. Because we've seen those purgles mm-hmm. everywhere mm-hmm. in the galaxy. So for them to return to another galaxy, it might be something as simple like, oh, this is really good to breed every year or every 50 years or something. So, but yeah. it's kind of lucky that they're just going to return to that point and not because remember, they've also been to gas depots. To, yeah. I mean, don't they, you know, they fuel? Yeah. yeah. So it's weird. Yeah, but they- then why, if they're just migratory and it's a map, or like you're saying, like a bird watching map, why would they have gone to such great lengths to hide it? Have you met a bird watcher? <laughs> I think it has more to do with the Night Sisters. I think it's what you and I suspected that it was just, yeah, it was, it's that map to this ancient place that's been told about in legend or whatever type of thing. That yeah, it, right, yeah. you know, let's go find that. Yeah. I was more shocked that there was uh, Night Sisters in other planets because it just seemed like Grievous wiped them all out on Dathomir, but now we know there's like offshoot right. colonies. So I'm assuming that since that place was in a Night Sister stronghold, and someone's communicating with Morgan, maybe there's another colony of Night Sisters somewhere wherever these Purgle go. And that's where that map leads to. So there might be that might be who's communicating with her. Because um Thrawn's not force sensitive. Like, you know, who's gonna be telling her stuff? So and, you know, Night Sisters like to make yeah. there might be another mother Talzin somewhere out there, you know, a different person. I was really pleased so. that Night Sisters are, are well, you know, the, the, it continues because I was always always loved those episodes in um, She's kinda like episodes. a not quite a full night sister. Well, I mean, she, I guess she's not Dathomirian or whatever they call it. Yeah. She's not like Ventress. Or I mean, it's all, it's all, everything, I, everything I read online. They or say, Mother Tells. Yeah. yeah. Everything online says that, you know, Morgan Elspeth, she's a long, long known associate of Thrawn. But I mean, from, from actually from watching it, that's not actually being said to us yet. But it's all online that she's a known associate of Thrawn. But I don't think anybody's actually. I was wondering if it was in the books or anything. Yeah. yeah, I haven't read any of the Thrawn, the new Thrawn books, so I'm, I'm, I wasn't clear if maybe it had been mentioned in there. I'm reading those right now, and there's no mention of Night Sisters. I'm on the final Thrawn book right now. I'll yeah, that's why I'm like, well, where did they, you know, like, how do they know each other? Um, which, you know, that's that's not surprising. That happens all the time. But it's just in this, yeah. I'm just kind of piecing it out in my head. And, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Well, the, what we've got to remember is that people do meet off screen. You know, we don't see everything. For me, I don't need everything like that spelled out to me. Like if it happens off screen, whatever, they can they can go ahead and do that. And we don't need that explained to us. They can <laughs> I can fill in the blanks. I, I know enough Star Wars lore and I, and enough of, of this whole universe to kind of, you know, piece my, together my own my own story as as to how that happened and it's nice to have like something that's not explained to you already anyway like bits and pieces that that aren't explained it it just makes it a bigger galaxy because like um you know as it is it's a pretty small galaxy with the with the skywalkers and and everybody knows each other in some way and and so that that just kind of expands it out a little bit more for me like these these pieces of like unexplained lore i'm like just leave them that way because we don't need everything spelled out for us yeah they may not even know each other to be honest i mean maybe you know she may know of him 
Yeah, imagine you may not know who the hell she is, but you know. Imagine that when they first meet up, and uh, she goes, Fawn, Fawn, I've been looking for you. And he goes, Who? who I'm you? here to who? rescue you. Who are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and she, he's like, Who? He probably took some some kind of art thing and was, you know, met her that way. <laughs> he's going, Oh my gosh, it's that. Not, <laughs> he that studied the art of the Dathomir sisters, right? Yeah. Of the of the Night Sisters, right? The Night Sisters. And he'll he'll tell you exactly yeah. which planet they're from and which section of the planet they're from. Yeah, exactly. And which like section of which section they're the that came from. And oh yeah, it's pro- he's probably he's probably not very happy with that drunken night on Cantino Blint he had now. Um, you know that's probably how he met her and stuff. And I don't know. Um, okay, she's gonna get. get she's gonna get there and say I'm here to rescue you, and he goes, this "Yeah, is part of <laughs> yeah. my plan all along." I, I was like kind of a. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of confused why Hera was so adamant about like, well, you need Sabine to open this map. You need Sabine; she can help you. And then when I went back and watched the finale um, of Rebels, um, she's the one that figured out how to open up the temple on Lothal. So I mean, it's kind of right. I was like, okay, it's not that weird now because I was like, why? Why is Sabine so? And she kept telling that uh, there's a in Rebels the guy that was trying to pump more information about how to get into the temple that worked for the Emperor. Uh, like he kept asking, right. yeah, she kept telling him, I'm smarter than you. That's why I did it. You know? <laughs> so. She was yeah. with that. But yeah, it wasn't that you need Sabine. It was that Sabine gives you the best chance at deciphering. She's, yeah, she's good at puzzles. The, the, yeah, yeah, she's she, really good at puzzles. <laughs> so go to some episode, before we go to episode two, I just wanted yeah. to touch on Balin again. So <laughs> I find it really interesting that while it seems like he's turned his back on the Jedi, he still respects the order because he took a Padawan and at episode two, he's like, it'd be a shame to kill Ahsoka. So I find his character extremely interesting because Mm. he definitely left the order either, or even hid from the order, but he turned his back on Jedi teachings because he's a mercenary that kills people. So regardless of if it was before 66 or in hiding, he changed, but his idea of what it is to be a Jedi he might have been like how Ahsoka's like the Jedi are dead and gone. He might have been like, okay, I have to do what to survive. I'm a mercenary now. He obviously kills people, but you know, Shin has a Padawan braid. She calls him master. So they're whatever yeah. they got on, I find is extremely interesting. And now I want to know even more about, you know, Balin the, and uh, the only difference was that he treats her like a Sith apprentice because you know, Jedi uh, masters never let their, they never send their apprentices go to this planet and go do that for me. They're like, they're hesitant that to do that. You know, do that. But Palpatine would send Maul to go do his dirty work for him, and that's kind of what he does. He's like, Shin, go do this on this planet. You know, go over here. And which, I don't know what he's doing while she's gone, because he doesn't seem like he's very busy, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he sends like, her off like twice, and he's like just standing there. I'm like, what, what are you going to do, dude? Like, go with her. <laughs> <laughs> you have this huge important task, and you said American Shin. You know, it's like, whoa, whoa, uh, don't you want to do it if it's so important? You know, this, I mean, Vader did the same thing, and Palpatine. It's like, it's so important, you go do it. But I love, you know, Ray did great on this. Balin yeah. is super interesting. I want to know more about who he is, just his thoughts on the Jedi, and why he both abandoned it and still cares about it. And he hates to see it. You know, that line was just so touching where he's like, It'd be a shame to see her go. Just like, it, was, mm. it was cool. A lot of Rebels not. I love that they brought Ryder Asadi in there because he did take over for governor yeah. on Rebels. And the oh, same, God. I didn't know it was Clancy oh. Brown that, that voiced him. I didn't, I guess it was the same actor. I didn't know. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it is. And then what even the, actor, that right? senator kid uh, that he puts, um, that senator kid he puts on the spot um, there, he yeah, was Jack, actually Jack. the one 
Yeah, he was the one from Rebels that um, connected Ezra to Ryder when they're like stuck in the cantina and he took him in the sewers and let's go this way. Yeah, that, that was him. So, yeah, that, that, that yeah, was cool. Uh, I had just cool finished guys. watching uh, Rebels right before Ahsoka started, a couple of days before I uh, finally finished my rewatch. So yeah, all that stuff was kind of fresh in my mind. I, I, I watched it afterwards. I after I watched Ahsoka, I went back and watched like four episodes of Rebels and like I can't need to see what happened at the end again. Because I was confused. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. The you know the one thing going back to the very beginning is when uh, the the rebel uh, captain he allows when he allows them to board. Which like why would you do that? Because he's uh, dumb and arrogant. I think you know. Well, see that's a, yeah. No, I think it's arrogant. I don't think it's dumb. I think it's arrogant. You know, but they're I mean? transporting a prisoner and he's would... bringing like unknown people on a ship. I'm like, dude, just keep flying like why are you stopping to pick up people? exactly but the thing is is that yeah it's like i think it starts beginning and it, i thought it was a good little seed that they planted about how the republic yeah you know becomes they start becoming like the like the empire you know they, yeah. they get they right away they start getting arrogant you know like instead of being you know cautious and and on guard and and like, oh, it's yeah, exactly. And it's and I like that they plant these little seeds because you start seeing, you know, it's like and also their naivete, you know, when, of course, they're going to they bring in all these ex-imperials and, you know, they kind of leave them unattended, as yeah. you know, we'll see. And, you know, of course, they're 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 still loyal to, to the Mando Empire, showed that, you know? too. Like, yeah, it's, yeah it's exactly. Like exactly. It's like the that's a genius point in in the denazification of of Germany, which was they, it was really intense at first, but then they kind of abandoned it, and it did uh-huh. nobody any favors. Yep, <laughs> as we're seeing, exactly you know, right. eighty years That's down the, the line. Parallel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Tony, yeah. I love anyway. I found that how the rebel or how the the republic is sort of becoming silly with their rules and and how easy they are to dupe, like we see it happen to the empire so many times of like say yeah. gaining access or getting aboard a ship or whatever or droids being painted differently and all that sort of stuff whatever that they've become complacent that's that's beautiful the whole retreat in our hour of victory yeah. that, you know that whole thing <laughs> so okay. yeah that that one really stuck with me right off the bat but uh, you know good episode well, I did like episode Sorry? one, the, the awkward moment where uh, Ahsoka, everybody's meeting there and Ahsoka and Sabine are staring at each other and, you know, just being, everybody's being introduced to whatever. And Ryder Azadi says, you're going to want to hear what she has to say. And Ahsoka doesn't beat around the bush. She hands the map and says, I think this will find Ezra. And the look on um, the actor's face, the place Sabine, I don't know her name, sorry, whatever, but she goes from... From, you know, the, oh, this is awkward meeting you to wait, Sabine, Map, uh, or, um you know, Ezra, Map. And it's, I really found that scene compelling of, of just, you're going to want to hear what she has to say. This is a map to Ezra and the look on Sabine's face of what that what that means you know we don't know what's yeah. going on between ahsoka and and, and sabine to to get this rift and we'll find that out or whatever but the look on her face uh, the the it changes it's not a look it, it starts at one point and ends at another point as she realizes the ramifications and the weight of what's being presented to her that she did want to hear what she had to say as writer as adi points out or whatever i just a really i love that scene yeah, and yeah it's, 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 talking about how episode one ends yeah 
Sabine and Ahsoka's relationship is 100% off screen because I think even in Rebels, I kept trying to rack my brain. I don't think they ever even interacted on Rebels. Not very much, no. Like they were, they were you know, like obviously they were in the same space, but I don't think they had any scenes together or they even spoke to each other. Really. Like say, it's yeah. 100% off screen, whatever transpired, whatever yeah. started, transpired. Absolutely. And, 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 well, and then, like, when was she training her? Was she training her post Return of the Jedi, or was it during the war? I would say post. I would say post Return of the Jedi. Yeah, or well, at least post she whenever been... she returned to the galaxy. This gets uh, back yeah. to the she... thing. I'm just realizing that if Rebels ends, that's a young Sabine there. But this is another ten years after that. After the OT, Sabine should be. Is she? Is she that much older? I guess she is kind of that much older. Ten years older. Yeah, Wait, man. Ryan, how old did you say that Sabine was supposed to be? Thirty-five. Oh, what is it? Thirty? Right? Where did you get that? Brian had said book. thirty. Yeah. Uh, her was thirty-six or something. Hera, you know, she's a, she's a good-looking um, um, Twilight then, because she hasn't necessarily aged. If it's another ten years, of course they live a long time. I think we learned, but it, and she's still it, wearing I, the same clothes too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. it's a different outfit. It's I was different about outfit. to go there. right. She's still wearing the she's same. Not wearing the jumper anymore. <laughs> but I have t-shirts that are pretty years old, so <laughs> jacket, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I didn't. She didn't have the baggy pants like she did. Those those pants and rebels always bothered me. <laughs> it said the, the easy, bell bottoms. Easy to draw, my friend. Easy to draw. That's true. But yeah, no, it's yeah. I don't know. I I think like maybe the she stopped training her because she wasn't force sensitive, and then it was kind of like a lost cause and. You know, Sabine, Sabine. So. She wasn't force sensitive. There was yeah. some rift, the, the stubbornness. She is Mandalorian after all, as some as Hera points out. You know, I think yeah. it's going to be that they were. But somebody also says she's difficult and so are you. And that's what made it work right up until it didn't. This so, is the two the two just, things that bothered me on this episode was they called Ahsoka a Jedi Knight in the crawl, which I understand because they got to tell people who don't know who, who she is that she is a Jedi. Um, and then that uh, what was the other thing? Oh, there's another thing that bothered me too. Um, uh, come back to me later. But yeah, it, it was um, it's kind of I don't know. She was she's a Padawan. She was a <laughs> unless she got knighted somewhere else off screen. We still have the road. I do love the road to nowhere. That still is the road to no or the the highway to the. They invented flying cars and they didn't need a road anymore, so they stopped. So the, speed, <laughs> yeah, the speeder bike action and that was a cool scene. The, the ducking under the E wing was just you know that oh, was yeah. that good excitement. Cool. We hadn't talked about that in a while, but that was a good exciting good bit of action. And then the layout of the scenes. I mean, this is true of, of what the whole series, even episode two, has it when they're on Corellia. But just they're walking through the hangar and there's a lot of back. You know. It feels vast. It was very well done. The volume, the visual effects, whatever, that there's a, a, a volumeness, a physical volumeness to what they're walking through hangar. And then there's bit characters and droids and just action happening in the background. Very George Lucasly like that just is just stuff going on, but has nothing to do with it. But it's another droid design or transport design or thing design, or whatever, that's just over there back in the corner. I really. Hera and Hera and Ahsoka are walking through the hangar somewhere in the episode, having some discussion, doing some dialogue and espousing off on what some exposition. And that scene just captivated me as well because of how much effort goes into the background stuff. It's not important, but it is important to be to have that Star Wars aesthetic. Oh, the the other thing was um when she's watching Ezra's uh, thing, he's like, oh, I love you like a sister. I'm like. Ah, oh, Ezra. Like I thought he was in love with her in the whole show. 
<laughs> but apparently it's a sibling kind of thing. So like, I'm like, when did that happen? <laughs> I thought yeah, his connection with her was that he. Yeah, we'll say that stuff. I think at the very beginning he kind of was crushing on her a little bit, but then yeah. I think as time went on, it turned into. Yeah, Tony, that's well, where I was. Sibling relationships, Star Wars are kind of odd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of like Luke and Leia. You know, he was kind of crushing on her. Oh right, yeah, oh, it's my sister. We talked about it a little bit, but obviously episode one ends with the, the battle scene and Sabine and and um, Shin Hati having their battle and 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 Sabine uh, taking taking one not through the gut. If you watch it, it's clearly not through the gut. And what I did notice upon first viewing, because you know she gets stabbed and it's a bit of a take back, but she's still swinging her lightsaber. She's swinging it air, but she doesn't collapse in a heap at the stab like like others that have sort of died from from that wound or whatever well she turns she it off just the, to pull it out so she took the stab. no sabine took the stab and is yeah. but swings her lightsaber one or two times afterwards and is on her knees with it still on you know and and thankfully ahsoka shows up and they got to run the bad guy's got to run that, that she then collapses in a, in a bit of a heap but it's a neat so definitely a neat are you moment. tend to make you tell me that in um, the Phantom Menace that um, if they got dialed nine 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 one one for you guys and uh, and some medical attention got to Krygon, he might have survived. Well, that was a full on Sith Lord, and it was a double blade lightsaber that was directly into his chest in an upward um, angle. So his chest is lower down. And but it goes upwards. Gut, and if it catches his spinal cord, it's the only way I square it in my yeah, mind. Was, He's a Jedi. Yeah, he got stabbed. Better. He got stabbed the same way the the uh, the Republic captain did at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, and that's clearly if you look watching that, that one's clearly a you know a, a death blow. If you will, and like when Anakin killed that dude on the ship when he was saving <clears throat> Obi Wan. Yeah, anybody that yeah. goes on about this, it's Filoni. He's a fan. Yeah. He's, he he knows exactly. He's directing that, producing. You know, he's he's making sure that the nuance. It's not just some person saying, "All right, yeah, let's stab him and and then we'll make him live." That he made sure that what you see visually, if you freeze frame or whatever, makes sense, works, uh, can be explained away. It's it's not that far fetched as to how we get to the the captain and the the captain's clearly um, not alive or didn't survive get medical attention or whatever because they say in there the um, there's a, th- a thing the thing. that the captain's dead and half the security detail I'm like oh which half lived but then when you go back and look at it yeah there's no half of that that made it out of there and there was a there was a um shoot no well it's an Akbar um there was did you catch that I did not catch that on the first viewing that there was a um, I want to say Aqualish, and that's wrong. What the heck is Akbar species? It's a Mon Calamari. Yeah, Mon Cal. There's a Mon Cal in, in leading that security detail. It was a cl- cute. I did not catch that upon first viewing, but he's in that security detail. So What's yeah, great. He was somebody because he was. He said a name, and I, I googled it, and I couldn't figure out who he was. Okay, episode two. Let's move. Episode two. Episode two. Toy on travel. Directed by Steph Green and written by Dave Filoni. He initially has written them all. That should come in there, there's no surprise. So, uh, Ren recovers and informs Ahsoka of her findings, and also traces the droids that attacked her to Elspeth's factories on Corinia, or Corinia. Seeking the star map, Ahsoka and Sinduna travel to the Corinian shipyards, where they discover a massive hyperdrive being built by workers loyal to the Galactic Empire. For the Empire! Sinduna chases after the transport, carrying the hyperdrive, where Ahsoka duels Marok. A former Christenter working for Elspeth. 
Marek and the transport escape, but not before Sunduna's astromatic joy chopper attaches a tracking device. After arresting the shipyard workers, Ahsoka is contacted by Ren, who is ready to become her Padawan again and find Bridger. Elspeth is contacted by Skull, Haiti, and Marek, who obtain the hyperdrive so they can finish building her ship, the Eye of Scion, and find Fraun. I just realised that was a nice little um, uh, sort of group Skype chat they had there at the end of that episode, wasn't it? Um, I was thrown off by the Eye of Sauron. <laughs> Eye of Sion. Isn't that Lord of the Rings? <laughs> yeah, yes. I was kind of thinking something like that. I thought I heard the Eye of Sion before. And it's shaped just like it, an It's upper. a giant hyperspace ring, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, it's, it is, yeah. I, I immediately it? thought it was a some kind of weapon and it was the center of Starkiller base, but they're like, no, it's a hyperspace thing. So we're not, well, I was going on about what she'd been doing for the last 10 years, obviously, building that thing. When you could have built Starkiller <laughs> for that time. They're building that thing, so they're not just bringing Thornbrack, they want to bring his, his him and his fleet or him yeah. and his Star Destroyer or him and something, right? That's why they're yeah, building that bridge. That, though. It's, they could build their thing and get to that galaxy. What was Thrawn's ship called? Bring, how are you going to bring them back? The Chimera. Chimera. Ship was a Chimera, yeah. Right. How are you going to bring them back, though? That ship might get you to the other galaxy, but what mechanism are you going to use to get them from that oh, galaxy? It's a space ring, like, like Obi-Wan, like the Jedi Starfighters. I envisioned that was a big thing that was going to go around some other ship, connect up, dock or whatever, and then be able to have enough juice to get back do. and they get the big some, ship back, too. They get some really or maybe they'll do like um, like um, in, uh, what's it called, in Spaceballs and throw everything in, in reverse with the vacuum suck. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking they might just get some really huge chains and put them around a pyrogrill, and then they go, "Come on, ride me, baby!" Right back from. Well, one that's how they got there. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so that's I had them attached to the ship. So the so episode what... starts. The, the, it clearly, Sabine lives because right. Yeah. It's that's right at the first scene, or right at the yeah. It's right at the first scene, if I recall. That that it's very yeah. early on anyway. That we see Sabine. So there's there's no. When it was a one-two punch like that, there was no real cliffhanger. Any, but to any lay person that watches it later or down the line, or, or even if that, they're going to binge it. So there's just not a lot to that character getting stabbed at the end of episode one because it's clearly not an issue at the beginning of episode two. Right, and if you look at the scene where she's in the hospital, she's kind of looking at the at the wound that's healing up. It's kind of off to the side. Like where method yeah, would really it. be. Well, how she made it. Yep. Kidneys. Um, I can't remember if it was a, the right or the left. It might have been a little, even a little. It was a right. The kidneys. Kidneys. More like a shoulder uh, blood wound. Yeah, it was like um, it was like somewhere in her midsection where it wouldn't hit anything vital, um, like maybe her gallbladder or something. But how vital is that? I mean, I'm living without one right now. <laughs> That's true. Well, and no. she wasn't as damaged as um, what's her name um from Mandalorian. Briefa. Like the oh, force, no. some Boba Fett, oh. the, the force uh, ability that Ahsoka had, the, the force remnants of 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 walking through the the whatever she was she was in the air she was where was she she was at the communication tower and just sort of reliving the events that took place there so to speak the you know the the sort of uh, force remnants of things going on and and, and was able to gather echo. some information or get some info that's a that's kind of a new a neat new force ability i don't know that we necessarily it's from jedi fallen order and jedi survivor calcast has had the same ability he could touch things yeah. and feel the echo quinlan boss oh yeah quinlan Boss too yeah and uh ray it's psycho cemetery oh yeah ray too 
So yeah, that was that was a cool cool uh, not a fact, but something new uh, at least for at least for me or whatever that I, I kind of liked. Thought that was an Ahsoka thing, but okay, a thing in the Force, which makes sense. Everybody has, should have their different Ezra and his his um his force connection with animals type of thing i kind of like that aspect of the force having some you know everybody it's like the band i guess everybody has their everybody's own uh, jedi toolkit yeah everybody's musically inclined but they play this instrument they play that instrument they play that instrument the notes are the same you know the the minds that the concepts is but everybody does something a little different i i kind of appreciate like that aspect of the of what what they've done with characters in the like anakin had visions you know so they all have their own different things mm. so one of the things i was worried about in this episode in this whole series was time travel so when morgan said thrawn calls to me across space and time my heart rate kind of spiked because i do not want to see any time travel in star wars like Agreed. the world's fine it was animated they destroyed the entire thing Dave Filoni is even on record in interviews saying that was a one and done thing. That's why we destroyed the temples. But when she says space and time, I'm like, please don't even hint for that, man. I'm, I do not want to see Thrawn trapped in the past or something ridiculous. Like, unless, because we know we don't refer to time <laughs> as far as the Star Wars galaxy, because for us to cra- travel across the galaxy is thousands of light years. But, you know, they don't consider. We've lost Ryan. And I'm, oh, no, Ryan. I'm he's he's gone, gone to the unknown regions. What is that? What is that symbol? It's gone by post, isn't it? It's like communications disruption can only mean one thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, oh, what about the joy to tech on Ryan? Are you back, Ryan? Are you back? <laughs> no, he's, I think he's back. Yes, literally. He's gone to the other galaxy already. Well, just someone dispatch a uh, um, uh, uh, search party to uh, wait, eastern wait. U.S. When they said space and time, I just thought about Doctor Who, and then David Tennant was talking for Who Yang. So. Yeah, I didn't think too much about the yeah. time. I think she's in communication with space. I need to go back and listen to it to the time. Um, I was just thinking that it's a long distance away, and that there's going to be a time difference. You know, like like yeah. time takes time. To Light travel. years. So there's yeah. going to be a time distance. Yeah, time time for the communications to happen or whatever. Well, who's talking to her though? It's not Thrawn. It's somebody else. Unless they have like a phone or something. He's, he's every voice in a head. Uh, and I was thinking that too, because like he would no. want Thrawn to come oh. back to rebuild the Empire, you know, like to help him out. So he's, yeah. Palps, there's there's no connection between Palps and Thrawn. None. Well, he was his boss. Not yet. <laughs> but that's been separated because there's a line in there of of your your how they get from that tie defender thing that he loved versus the um. Death Star was, you know, there's a line in there about the Emperor's not happy with your your project, blah blah blah, and then it blows up and goes even south, even sideways or whatever. So I don't think I don't think That's there's true. much connection between the Emperor and Thrawn, especially when Thrawn's repeatedly gone. failed over and over again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just I don't know how the fans freaking love Thrawn, but I don't know. But you know, and the finale, um, <laughs> he. He's directly communicating with the Emperor. The Emperor shows up and talks to Ezra, and Thrawn's like, here, talk to the Emperor. You know, and the Emperor shows up with a hologram. So, like, he was in direct communication with yeah, the Emperor. Definitely. You know, in the end they of also the made a, episode, yep. They also made a point of saying, right, like, that he was the last surviving Grand Admiral. Grand Admiral. I mean, he's the only yeah, Grand Admiral so, from I mean, what I... <laughs> Well, yeah, yes. but I mean, like, what I'm saying is, like, if they know, if they know that, well, obviously, I'm sure uh, 
you know, Palpatine would know that, and that's yeah. his sure, best yeah, option. Yeah, that would be his best option at rebuilding, having having somebody with the experience to to rebuild for him. The wherewithal. So, yeah, yeah, so that might be a reason he wants him brought back. So, I don't know. yeah. So this is like after Battle Jakku and all that stuff. So there's no yeah. more Sloan and no more. I don't know who the other commander. I forgot their name. But uh, yeah. That's hmm. So the other big the other big question I had. Uh, that I keep seeing pop up the internet is who is Merrick? So I didn't realize this was going to be a thing on the internet. Like apparently <laughs> every oh, new thing has to be related to another character, which drives me crazy. I'm just well, like, and then okay, that's, that's Merrick. Star uh, Wars literally put out a backstory for him that he was a former Inquisitor that works as a mercenary yeah. now. And but all these people are still like, it's yeah. Ezra, like. They literally told you it's not. It's Merrick. <laughs> maybe it's a, but maybe it's a swerve. But I don't even get the Ezra point of view. Like he's with Thrawn. Why do you think it's? They just pick a character that would have the biggest shock, ripping off the mask, and it's a scarred up Ezra. You know, and he's like, "I've been brainwashed." No, it's just it's just Merrick, dude. Like <laughs> stop <laughs> with these crazy guesses. That is a lay Star Wars fan contract because Star Wars storytelling, I don't think, has and and ever will have a outside of Anakin. Let's say you know that one big. You're not going to have a good guy turn bad, so to speak. You're not going to have everybody wants that. Everybody wanted Luke to be, um, you know, in Return of the Jedi with the black robes. Wanted him to go dark. There's there's always this contention on somebody to go dark and 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 go bad or whatever. And I just I I I don't. I just don't think you see that in Star Wars for uh, for beat characters because that was the crux of Anakin's thing. I mean, I know it's it's happened with Pong Krell and and people that have turned, but to truly yeah. become go from Ezra to the other side, Merrick, that seems I just I just I don't see that as a part of Star Wars storytelling in that sense. Where, like you said, right, or somebody said, where you're going to get the mask reveal, they pull it off, and oh, it's you. No, how could you be the bad guy? I uh, just don't see that. It, it, that was the crux of Anakin. That, that big part of this story, you would discount that to some extent. I think his fall. And they're like and I would have gotten away so, with it too yeah. if it weren't for you, darn kids. <laughs> hey, mm-hmm. Pesky kids. Yeah, I think he's just his own thing he's, he's like he's the a, 27th brother or something like that right we need it's some not other gonna be bears it's not gonna like, be it was, a good, you know. it was a good fight on Corellia. oh i love the Corellia. i loved everything about Corellia. that looked beautiful it was cleaned up the water the sky seemed to look clean the busy bustleness of, of the port and everything her flying off i'm sure everyone caught this but did you catch Hera flying off in the phantom whatever and she looks down and sees the lightsaber battle happening on on the dockyard or whatever that you know she sees she's got her action and she sees that little bit of action going down there and i don't think anybody's brought up yet the best part of the whole episode too right chopper keep a oh, lid yeah. on it chopper. Yeah. everything chopper oh was he was he a, a just He's a, like did you go through my stuff <laughs> yeah, just a blast of just so well done so real live action so believable and such a great joy and so much fun that yeah he lo- absolutely gave a bit of a fist pump and you, know, you see chopper doing chopper stuff and and interacting with Hera in the way they do did you go through my stuff did you look under the backup battery oh yeah here it is you know don't miss chopper all of uh, yeah. that was a, that was such great action such a great scene i do need to <laughs> explanation there's a world war ii there was um it's, it's not chaff oh shoot whatever where they fire the fire the, the and it explodes near the airplanes 
Um, and it's a, you know, a burst of, of, of shrapnel and a burst of, you see the explosion. So you'd see the puff of smoke. Why are we seeing that again, star Wars physics? I know, but you see that with Hera's ship and the phantom that there's these bursts of not laser blast, but there's bursts of smoke, like something is exploding. That that's what I got to as well. Yeah. Ricky, I'm thinking, well, okay, maybe that's the laser blast hitting the shields yeah. and to visually show that in a way in, in live action, instead of just being a bright flash, like you do in animation, it's, it's, it's looks actually explosion getting off the smoke or whatever, but it's, it's, it's also because it was a, it was a daytime scene, no, like maybe yeah, that's right. another reason they did it. Still because it was yeah. a day it was a daytime scene it wasn't out in space in the dark Touché. daytime in atmosphere that how else are you visually going to show that off still it was great action just loved it her flying her you know her maneuvering i thought felt more realistic yeah. maneuvering things than what we sort of see in animation that they really had that ship dodging ducking and weaving like like Hera is the great pilot that she is love that she catches up with him does the barrel roll loop to throw the tracking device on it that was every, that every was, time there's a tracking device in Star Wars, it has a freaking light blinking on it. Like, yeah, <laughs> this thing's supposed to be hidden, and you have a light. Take the LED light out, man. Just put it on there so they don't find it. Come scrub my hall and look for this blinkety blink thing, Coda, because that's going to tell you there's a tracking device on it. Yeah, you're right, Ricky. That is a bit of a wait. Every light. time they always do that, like that it's turned on. That it's on every yeah. single time. Are the villains <laughs> so, really that dumb? <laughs> What's this? <laughs> yeah, but they're not going to see it. They're not going to see it to start off with, are they? When they're flying through space. Ron, you got me thinking um, about your explosions in, you know, in the air. So every time people write Star Wars and they direct it, they have to think of how will the fans react to this. So I wonder if one of the thoughts of the, which would be Filoni would be like, okay, we're flying up into the atmosphere. And they're shooting down at the ghost or the phantom or whichever one it is. Like, would fans instinctively say, wait a minute, all those lasers are just shooting the people down on Corellia. Yeah. So, oh, that's so, you awesome. know, just make them blow up. So that will avoid the fan. Of course, now we have the fan question of why are they blowing up? But they could easily be <laughs> a different type of it could be a concussive lady, you know, they could do whatever that's they right, want. Type of thing. But yeah, that's right. So they're not raining down on Corellia because she said, Chop says, just blow the, just blow it out of the sky or whatever. She's like, well, we can't do that. It'll rain <laughs> yeah. down the city below. <laughs> to... so that explains it. And that is genius, Ryan. That, right. That's why the laser blasts have to have some sort of detonation or stopping point up in the atmosphere, lest they are raining down on the innocent, everything down below, so to speak. They're I like just it. Shooting. The fans would just be like, well, now they're just shooting Corellia, which when you're stealing a hyperdrive, I'm sure you could easily explain like, oh, yeah, so they don't care about collateral damage. But I think as a, writer, as a writer, you're like, not only does it look good and give it that World War II well, feel. I mean, all those but, workers were Imperials anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, fortuitous, I mean, the force works in mysterious ways. How fortuitous was it that Ahsoka says, do you have any other type of droids and uh, assassin class? And no, why would we have those? That's silly. And the protocol droid who we can't name because that's the answer to the question. And I don't know if I know the answer. But anyway, protocol. Yeah, yeah, I've seen one of those. Um, where? Well, it's, it's it's on that ship that's taken off. I just I love that aspect of, of the force <laughs> works in mysterious ways that if, if she doesn't ask that question and the droid's not in that room, you know, it's obviously convenient. Convenient plot storytelling, or whatever. But no, that's the force working in mysterious ways. That oh, so she she and got the her <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if it's becoming too common in Star Wars, where they're like, 
oh, they're just part of the Empire because Mandalorian did it. They did it with, you know, when Cara Dune shot that dude or whatever when they were taking the clone guy. But, like, I still love that type of story where it's, yeah, there's still people that believe in the previous regime, yeah. even though you fairly elected out with a fair election, they're still like, no, he won. And they're like, they're trying to sabotage everything and hiding in plain sight. So even though it's starting to become common in the Mandoverse, I still really enjoy when it's like, you know, he's like, for the Empire, and then he just gets blasted. Yeah. <laughs> These people. They're still, and they're going they're to be true every- believers. Like the what's her name on uh, Mando? That they just let run around willy nilly and like kill people, and no one pays attention because the ineptitude of the New Republic. That's still <laughs> Mandalorian, where he's like holding Pershing, and he's just the way that guy talks. Yeah. And that she- I had friends on the Death Star, basically. <laughs> it was great to see someone so infatuated with the empire and they're like they're making us great and if you notice it's always humans that are like the empire loves us and and that just brings out the true story that george lucas was trying to tell of like the empire wasn't great like i don't wear clothes with the empire i don't even like my stormtrooper socks because i'm like yeah it's the bad guys are cool but they were a nazi regime who only favored humans who enslaved <laughs> worlds like they were the bad guys and i'm going to treat i boo the bad guys yeah. so it's just like i love when scenes pop up like that where they're like for the empire and then they just get blasted away because <laughs> it's real life man they're still among everybody well and then it helps you like not have any sympathy for all the thousands of stormtroopers they've killed over the years because like yeah they're all bad it doesn't even matter if they're a soldier or a death person or or what they're all bad i believe that that guy where he's like look we only do it for the money i was like that's a good point like a lot of these people they just wanted there to work like listen i gotta feed my family i don't care who pays us just pays us if these let's be real you're building rockets like people who build weapons you know they're going to kill people in other countries like but you're getting paid for it. But these guys were not only getting paid for it, they were like, for the Empire. So it wasn't well, about that. And then it kind of answers the questions I had from um, Last Jedi with like DJ was like, well, look at this. Who's building this ship? Look who's building this ship. Good guys, bad guys. You know, it doesn't matter. Like now we know that, that they, that's how they did it. They had people working in these factories building stuff like on the sly, you know. And I, I like the part when Hera was like, Oh, well, I clear it then. You know, I give myself clearance. He's like, well, you don't have authorization. Yeah, <laughs> right? It's classified. Well, I'm a general. Oh, I don't know. I need authorization. Well, then I authorize you. Yeah, that was a <laughs> great character moment because she noticed right away. She's like, we're not building anything that big. So, yeah. One. And she's like, she was smarter than that. And I love that character boost. It shows that. She really, and as she always has, she knows what she's doing. Because she's like, yeah, we're she's, not building that big. Sure. a super Star Destroyer class <laughs> engine. It needs yeah. to be torn down. He's like, we've built six or nine of them already. And she's like, like that's an SSD hyperdrive. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was a great moment. It's very throwaway to anyone not truly sort of paying attention or fan or whatever. But that is a great, wait, what? We ain't building anything that big. That is, was a beautiful character moment, as you point out, right, for, for, for Hera to, to recognize that. 
just great writing, you know, just he does drop. Right. I think the bad guy. Um, weird. What was it? But he says SSD and I had to yeah. double take. Wait, what was yeah. oh, Superstar? Oh. Sure. You know, really a fan it's moment like, kind of thing. Solid state drive. No. <laughs> yeah, that's what was that. Computer guys. Like, wait, that's not what that means. It's something else. Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Superstar Destroyer. You big. I, I think I immediately yelled out Superstar Destroyer when, when he said that. <laughs> Yeah, to a lay fan, it, it's just, I don't know, We they took the engine out of something, but for the rest of us to know what an SSD, that was yeah. just, uh, that whole Corellia scene is is gorgeous to look at, some great writing, some great action, loved Ahsoka doing the um, lightsaber uh, cutting, smashing through the glass, jumping out to you know, oh, yeah. try to track down the ship, uh, superhero role at the end of the fall, everything, you know, that was a, that was fun action. It was, uh, I, I like so the conversation fun. between uh, Sabine and Hu Yang, and he's like, you're probably the worst Padawan I've ever seen with the least amount of forces. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, thanks. I say that about Star Wars movie. Somebody, I say that about a lot of things. Some, something has to be at the bottom of the list or else you don't have a list. Somebody has to have the lowest right. mid encounter, have the lowest amount of force volume, but still a force sensitive person being trained in, in the Jedi arts or whatever. So somebody has to be at the bottom. Some Star Wars movie, if you're going to rank them, something has to be at the bottom. That doesn't mean it's bad. It's just on the bottom of that list. It doesn't mean she's bad in the force. It just she's not as strong. She's not, you know, just if yeah. you're going to create a list or have a ranking like that, whatever, something has to be at the bottom or it doesn't work. So, yeah, and I got no cheer it and it's the bean. <laughs> and they say the force. How do, we, how do we come? How do we how do we come to Sabine? You know, that's another thing that I want to see or find out is how do we come to that? Because there was no, I mean, other than the fact that she inherited Ezra's lightsaber and had previously had the dark saber, there was no real force sensitivity about her. We what saw her jump around and flit around and dodge. Yeah. We saw yeah. Early in the, the but, I remember fans. I do think like, that's oh, like just, a way of Filoni explaining that, you know, like she has yeah, some physical force big, ability. Big jumps. But, yeah, Mandalorian. It was always chalked up as Mandalorian training and Mandalorian, Mandalorian. But it turned. There's a little bit of of some some force. I just chalked it up to that it was a that it was a cartoon. You know? <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's yeah. what I kind of chalked it up. Yeah, to, but, there's that too. You know, but you but uh, force sensitivity. Do you? Pardon? What was that? I don't think she's actually force sensitive. Do you? Like I her midichlorian count is low. They seem, they seem <laughs> like they're alluding. They're alluding to that that she can, I guess, with proper training and concentration, she can she can tap into it. That's what it seems like they're alluding to. But I mean, yeah, I've never had any. Her instrument in the band would be the, the the you know the deciphering. Let's say that that's her strong. Yeah. That that's her yeah. force ability, if you will. That that she she's she's very good at that. You know that that's. Yeah. Why not? Well, you know, I, I sort of discovered because, the, the force was in everybody. You just needed some training, some guidance, yeah. uh, and some yeah. were strong athletic ability. Some are strong music ability. Some are strong. Everybody can play an instrument. Everybody can play a sport, but some are better at others. But with training, so you can you're not going to get to the elite level, but you can get to a good level. So yeah, why, why, yeah. and like, yeah. why does she need it at all? I mean, because you know she was a Mandalorian. She is a Mandalorian. So if anything, you know. She should focus more on that, I would feel, you know, like tap into her. Well, I think she's like reverse Grogu because Grogu is a Jedi, but he wants to be Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Trying she to be a Jedi. from the Mandalorians and she came over to the Jedi team. You know Grogu, I mean? not it's a just, Jedi. I don't know. It, I, I, 
I find Please, all that interesting and, and curious, like what drove all this or, you know, where exactly is it going? Like, why does she need this training? And maybe that's her all, hindrance because you know I mean? her Mandalorian background, you know, maybe. That's yeah, her, I mean, she know. must have some kind of latent force abilities that um, that so so sensed or something, yeah. because, yeah, I mean, why else would she would she bother to try and like um, bring that out in her? Well, we do uh, see that in the episode the development of her character that we're going to get. We do see that she mm-hmm. does have dreams or visions. Maybe she started telling Ahsoka that, and she's like, "Well, maybe you have force ability, you know." And that's where it started from. Because I mean, yeah, the episode... maybe. Or maybe, maybe having dreams. I had a dream that I was exploring a forest last night. It doesn't mean I have force ability. Like she's it maybe you're she's... a wizard. <laughs> you're a wizard, Harry. Yeah. I wonder if Ahsoka started training Sabine just as in a remembrance to Kanan, like. He died. He was, tra- if I'm not mistaken, she he was training her, right? Or was it Ezra? He, yeah. Ezra. See, the thing is, Kanan, was, Kanan training was training her basically not to develop her into a Jedi or even, you know, like work with just the to Force. Be to it was more just about to be able to wield the Darksaber, yeah. you know, because it was important to, to her culture as a Mandalorian. So, but there was no real, like when he would train her, it was no real discussion about tapping into the force it was about her just you know kind of focusing you know and calming herself but not tapping into the force like well, see, and there's, and, a, there's a nice you'll, parallel you'll, with, with that too because you know in those episodes he didn't want to give you know sabine a real saber he didn't want to give her that he was giving her like the dummy right. sticks and then the, she was getting frustrated because he didn't trust that she could do it right i kind of see the same thing yeah. with her and ahsoka when you know training you know she didn't really 100 percent believe in her that she could do it or something bad was going to happen you know because of ahsoka what she already said in in mando that if she's seen jedi go bad with attachments and stuff like that so maybe there's something to that now now i go back to um to those episodes of mando maybe she's not real she's talking about anakin when she's explaining that to to mando but maybe she's also talking about sabine you know yeah but the thing is the thing is that now like say sabine has Ezra's lightsaber, right? So if it's mm-hmm. getting trained to use the lightsaber, they they seem to when they discuss, you know, their their uh, master and apprentice relationship. I mean, it's it just basically to me it would seem like it's just basic weapons training. It's not yeah. not the not the type of training where you need to develop a master and apprentice. It's just you're you're not talking about the force. You're just talking about wielding a lightsaber. So it's just and weapons maybe training. Because she did have that training from Kanan for the Darksaber. Maybe when Ahsoka saw her with Ezra's lightsaber and she was able to swing it around and do like kind of expert, you know, in an expert way that she's like, oh, well, maybe you could be a Jedi, you know, because not everybody can yeah. pick it up, you know. Lightsaber combat. Just train them in lightsaber right. combat. Like even Luke just swung that thing around, like, you know. <laughs> 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 he, he wasn't really yeah. being very elegant with it, you know. He was like a right. fun instrument when he had it in his hands. But yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, that's, you know, he, he was this, like this whole thing is something I'm very interested in seeing. Yeah, yeah, I'm very interested in seeing where it goes or where it came from or you know, like just I don't know how all this came about. So, well, the one thing Hopefully. that I wonder that I I brought up at the beginning is where this is all going. And my original thought was the Mando Avengers movie would lead to a battle with Thrawn. But the more that I read on Thrawn, the more that I watch on Thrawn, he doesn't ever seem like main villain status. He doesn't ever seem to want to be like, I want to crush everybody. Like he was simply helping the empire to ensure that nothing rose up as strong enough to battle the Chiss. And I just, after watching these first two episodes, 
and it, it totally changed my perception is I just don't see Thrawn as this super big villain that's evil and wants to kill everybody. You know, he's been gone right. for 10 years and is he going to return and be like, it's time for the empire to rise up and give a Hux level speech. Like I just don't see that with Thrawn anymore. So I'm really intrigued of what's going to happen with Thrawn and what's going to be, this might be, something from another galaxy coming to ours and that might be the mando avengers threat is yuzong vong or whatever it may be from another galaxy because i just don't see thrawn level threat. <laughs> oh god if they're gonna make the yuzong vong war uh, canon i think i'm i'm dipping out or the, or the ricotta <laughs> i mean or the ricotta is another one so well, i mean they, yeah, they that, kind that of shown the of what were those uh thing uh the use the the warm the, the snake things that yeah, that he would wear around his neck. I mean, they he kind of had those statues in Rebels behind him on his desk. So those kind yeah. of exist, you know, in universe. So maybe he's going to come back with the, with the whole bunch of them. Or and he's gonna, and Mort did say that the uh, that the planet, on the planet Cetos, on the, what did they call it? It was the, the reflex on Cetos, the Stonehenge. It was built by people from another galaxy. So someone has been to our hmm. galaxy before and... And then remember, Balin calls it the path to per, to Peridia. So there's all these big words like coming out and ideas and Jedi's, and they're like, oh, those are just stories. And Morgan's like, well, all stories are bound in truth, which calls back maybe not a callback, but it reminds me of the High Republic, to where it's like, oh, the Shri Karai, those are just you know riddles. And they're like, no, they're actual real monsters type of thing. I, and the path to Peridia was a story of you know little jack warner whatever but no all that's based in truth in some way and i just don't see thrawn as the ultimate thanos build-up there's only bring... six episodes left right yeah, yeah. so yeah. are they well, gonna the... build up thrawn and have all this big battle at the finale in like four I mean, episodes he... or six, six episodes no i don't think so on to the... The i think he person. might not even appear till like the very till, like the last yeah. couple episodes yeah I mean, about to travel there. He's to be the big yeah. bad of this episode of this uh, particular series, but he's not like the big bad of, of like Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Thrawn's been that. He's always just been a general who supported the Empire. He may not have agreed with Palpatine, but he was just like he did what he was meant to do. He's like, well, my job is to protect the Empire. And reading these books, he specifically says that he almost wants to monitor the Empire, squash any uprisings, so nobody goes after the Chiss. You know, well, we know he fails because the Empire didn't come back. I mean, unless he has something to do with Exegol and, and all that stuff. But and they're introducing all these species from outside the galaxy. There's the Ricotta. You have the Chiss, which was never explored in TV. And now you introduce the Grisk, which may be it's in the Thrawn books, the Grisk, who's in the unknown regions, who's a big threat to the Empire. I haven't finished the book. And and I'm pretty sure the Grisk were the ones that were teased on that video game trailer we saw last year, where it was like a big High Republic tie-in trailer. Oh, that Eclipse one? Next Gen. Like, those were the Grisk. So, I mean, there's all these mm. other species we don't know anything about. I just don't see Thrawn as, like, Hux. I just don't see it. He seems and too he's cool. older now, too. Yeah. And the other thing, Thrawn is just not interesting, in my opinion. He's a desperate <laughs> uh I don't see him fighting, you know, Grogu all at once. I don't see him fighting Mando, Boba Fett, you know, the Republic, you know, fist fighting everybody in this big fisticuffs. I just don't see Thrawn as that. Like, he's 
a brilliant strategist sits behind a desk. Um, so I just really don't know what's going to happen with the series and if Thrawn's even going to be a bad guy anymore. Hmm. You know, the Empire's gone. Because the good guy and then Ezra's going to be the bad guy. Yeah, why did <laughs> there's no way if the Empire's dead and gone that he would come back hmm. and be like, I'm going to carry on what Palpatine was doing because yeah. he was helping Palpatine because Palpatine was pretty much learning from the Chiss and helping the Chiss. Like they're kind of helping each other and staying out of each other's way type of thing. Um, keeping your enemies closer type of thing. So it's, yeah. I, I don't know what's going to happen to Thrawn. I'm very interested to see how he turns out. And I want to be impressed. I know I crap talk on Thrawn a lot online and on the page and everything, but I'm ready to be impressed by him. I want to like him. Um, I'm an open book type of thing. So we'll just see what happens. A lot of mysteries, other galaxies, Thrawn, Path to Peridia, you know, Reflex on Seaston. Like, there's a lot of great stuff in this series. I, I, I think it's this series is probably going to end with Ahsoka's lightsabers turning green again. Like, I think it's, it, she's kind of going through a thing, and she's going to finally fully accept that she is a Jedi by the end, and re- you know, get back good with Sabine and find her place in the galaxy. So when we, she does appear again, she's going to be full on Ahsoka because I don't think she's full on Ahsoka right now. She's still going through some stuff, and she's just. She's- she didn't like she the way she told them. people. You know, she's obviously still really negative. She's like the Jedi are dead and gone. Well, yeah. then a couple conversations with Luke and that could change your mind. And we still have a 20 year gap before the Force Awakens or 14 years before Luke uh, runs off on his own. So there's a they could have a ton of battles type of thing. We could have a big thing with Luke and everybody battling something. I don't know. I mean, that's high hopes. It's getting a little carried away, but like <laughs> certainly intriguing. The future of this. And just the history that it's adding to Star Wars is what I'm most intrigued about. That, and uh, like I said, Sabine's music, you know. <laughs> that stuff is great. <laughs> Waiting for the soundtrack. Um, question, is this meant to be like a mini-series, or is it supposed, or, or, or do we know if we're going to get any subsequent seasons to this one? I mean, obviously... It seems Ray like Stevenson the length, it's kind of like Kenobi, you know? Yeah, like, obviously Ray Stevenson is out, but like, do we know if we're going to have any further seasons? I don't I was think wondering, they've gotten there yet. They haven't said, but I would assume so. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously, it, that's all on a pause right now, but I couldn't remember if this was meant to be like a one-off thing or not. Like, I think the only thing that they ever said had, was going to have a season two was Andor the whole time. Like, they've never said anything really? about anything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I think we've heard anything. Season. But Ahsoka in the movie, yeah, like the so speculation, I guess. In Mando, or, yeah, Kenobi yeah, yeah, was the one that they, they came out and two. said was a miniseries, but yeah, now there's murmurs that there may be more, so I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I guess it depends how well right. it does. Always in motion also, in the future. I don't think that matters. They, they have a tool story in, in, in um, the SAG After Strike, so you know, we're, we're not going to get anything for a while. Yeah, yeah we're going to lose a year for sure. Because remember, this is all leading to a Filoni movie, which has to be an Avengers-style movie. And we all know Mando's getting a bunch of seasons. Maybe Mando's going on break because he's now he's got, a, he's got his feet kicked up type of thing. Um, so I could definitely see Ahsoka getting another series. I don't see it with Obi-Wan because I felt like his story was told. But Ahsoka, there could be a ton more. And who knows what the passing of Ray means. You know, the actor, I don't know his last name. Uh, yeah, Stevenson. Ray Stevenson. And like, yeah, I'd be very curious series, to see if, if his story wraps up in this in this season. I hope I kind of hope it does because I'd hate for them to have to recast or something already. It, you know, but yeah, because Ray Stevenson is a, 
Ray Stevenson has a very distinctive acting style. There's nobody who could fill the shoes of of Ray Stevenson uh, as Balin, for at least for me. I mean, I, yeah, I love Balin as a character. Yeah. He's intriguing. I I really want to know more about him. And it's just a pity that we're not going to see more of Ray Stevenson outside of this, you know, because this was basically like his last work. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he had like a, a distinctive presence too, you know. So it's, yeah. It's yeah. They were showing, they were showing Punisher Warzone on uh, TV recently. And like, he's just like, his, he's just uh, on screen. He takes over the screen every time he's on, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. He's got absolutely. a lot of charisma. He's, he's wonderful. He, or was yeah. wonderful. I mean, he was one of the best things of Ro- about Rome for me. Like Titus Pullo was my favorite character in Rome, and he was fantastic. He was like the number one reason for me to tune in. Yeah. The one thing I was thinking was like, as an you know, just because I'm like really bummed, you know, because like I really like him and I really like his character now that I've gotten to see it. Uh, and I just keep thinking, man, how are they gonna how are they gonna square this, you know, with with him passing? So I just keep thinking. I was like, well, maybe you know. His his um, which we we spoke about earlier. Somebody brought it up, you know, the fact that you know he is no longer a true Jedi, but he still has respect for the for the Jedi organization. I just kept thinking maybe um, you know, his Padawan, uh, what's her name, Shin. You know, maybe at some point there'll be some sort of because he still feels that way, but she's sort of been trained a different way. Yeah. You know, maybe there'll be some sort of a fallout and she'll take him out, you know, or something like that. You know, I'm just thinking this as a way for, you know, for his story to wrap up by the end of the season, you know. Right. Not because that I want him to, but coming. I just. Yeah, no, of course not. So I don't know. Who knows? But uh, it, whatever it is, it was just a really, really sad thing to happen, you know, especially given right. how how well the character, you know, turned out. All right, Stephen. Do you want to go okay. through the? Uh... Do we want to? Do we want to squeeze in some ten or fifteen minutes more? I haven't. Nobody's got anything else to go to. We well, nobody listeners got anything else to go to because they just <laughs> um, I'm going to off to some play plus play game later. Should we? Uh, should we have a have a go at the uh, red plagues? We'll have a lot more to talk about. There is a lot of good Inquisitor yeah. info in that in that book. I, I must say. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Okay. So right, where's Ryan? Is he there? Okay, here. Yeah. <laughs> Rise of the Red Blade. Okay, so uh, I'll again I'll keep this short because I have to cram it in 15 minutes again, as with usual. So <laughs> not that you're bitter, you're not bitter at all, but no. <laughs> I'm going to try to just get people to read the book. So it's very central character focused. Like it's only about uh Iska Ekaris, who's one of the characters. And just so people know the timeline, again, she was a Padawan before Episode 2. She mm-hmm. was in the Battle of Geonosis. She experienced all of that. She became, it tells her story when she rose up and got assigned a Jedi Knight the same day and way that Anakin Skywalker did. So yeah. this book is loaded. So if you like Clone Wars era, this book is loaded. Completely Clone Wars. Like it is, they talk about Pong Krell, Anakin, Jocasta New, Keller is in there a lot. Yoda, Kieti Mundi, Grievous, and like you said, Mace Windu. Like they have conversations or name drop all these characters a ton. And like me, who really isn't a big Clone Wars episodes fan, it was great to see. I love the expansion of Star Wars, and it was great to see everything connect back to each other because that's what I love is the connectivity. In the discussion of Star Wars. So it has her story. 
go through there. It has her experience order 66. It has her <laughs> joining the Inquisitors. So you get a behind the scenes story of the Inquisitors, behind the scenes of Geonosis. And how they work, yeah. Behind the scenes of Order 66, how they work, lots of battles. And uh, and like I said, it ends without any real cliffhanger. And the, the only surprising part is that it ends in a, a Vader comic that was five, you know, four years ago or something like that. That was the biggest shocker is that I'm glad I didn't remember the Vader comic because, and here's the big spoiler for the end of the book, you know, she ends up dying, you know, with uh, almost like her love or her love interest type of thing because of Vader. And that was shown in the comics four or five years ago. And I read that comic and totally forgot because it was a one issue appearance that she steals a baby for Vader. And this story lays out exactly how that happens in the comic. And then it ends exactly the comic. And I was blown away because I was like, wow, OK, that's an interest because I knew she had to die because she's not around. Um, so yeah, so basically in the in the comic at the end, um, Darth Vader's still trying to find Jedi babies, and so she helps him with some other Inquisitors, and one of them's her love interest. Vader finds out that they're together, and I guess that's a frowned upon in the Inquisitorious, and so he basically makes them kill each other, and pill each other with lightsabers through the yeah. stomach, and they don't survive. So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they they were kind of pretty close up, and, but yeah, and I, I didn't I didn't know this when reading this book, so I didn't know the ending. So, but then when I got to the I'm like, oh, I kind of didn't like that ending. And then Ryan's like, it was from a comic book. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but forced to I, do that. Yeah, with, without like spoiling anything from the book, because it is a really good book. I did enjoy it a lot. Um, but I think the main takeaway is like it tells you kind of how the Inquisitors got recruited. Um, and so like yeah. with her instance, you know, she's with another Jedi. They were they're on some planet doing a mission, and. Uh, Basically, they just rushed all the Padawans when the war started because they were running out of Jedi. And so they united Anakin, they united all these other people, and she was one of them. Um, and so basically they kept going on missions, and when Order 66 happened, the troopers turned on her. But um, when the clones came up to her, they actually had Palpatine appear on a message saying, like, how would you like to join us, you know? So that's basically how they recruited all the Inquisitors. They He already knew what Jedi he wanted to recruit as um, Inquisitors. So instead of killing them, he stopped and was like, okay, you don't want to join us or you're going to die. And so, of course, like she um, decides to join them because she was already kind of turning dark already as it was. But, uh, yeah, yeah. They, they go through all these Jedi that were – and if they needed more persuasion, then they would get tortured and all this and that, but – um, yeah, so and I think the question we had last time was like, how did they um, number them? I, and it was basically like what order they were recruited, right, Ryan? Yeah, because she chose the name like 13th sister because she didn't feel like she was a sister until she I think she wanted to kill some Jedi or something. But then after she stole that baby, she's like, all right, I'm ready to be a sister type of thing. She's like, I'm ready to fully give myself to the Inquisitors. And I liked that it showed her uneasiness where she's like. My skill is battle, and the Jedi don't appreciate that. Yeah. And it was too. She was really good at killing. <laughs> yeah, and people were legitimately scared of her because of how good she was. And I just really loved. And it isn't a dig on any other books, but it's just like this is about one character. It doesn't go to any other characters, and it takes me about two months to read a book. I read this in one library span in three weeks because I'm like, you know, what? I want just want to knock this out. Like, I just want to finish this book just to see where it goes 
and it explores her family. I, I was like intrigued by all the clone um, episode two stuff and the Clone Wars, you know, things and inner workings and how the temple was basically empty because everybody was gone at the war and doing missions. And, you know, it's... and that was uh, that was kind of heartbreaking, too, because every time she goes to talk to the Jedi Council, it's different or there's less or she mm. talks about halls were always bustling and now it's like lower and lower. And it had and a they, ton they keep having like um like ceremonies for the fallen Jedi and it's so common that everyone's kind of just like oh whatever you know <laughs> it doesn't yeah. mean anything anymore you know because there's no bodies there because they're just losing Jedi left and right so. yeah and that set her so you get to see her fall in distrust and then she talks to Palpatine of course and that's what gets his attention because she's like I'm good and he's like well just explore your feelings. So again, Palpatine has all these feelers out, whether it be to the Grand Inquisitor, who's at the Jedi Temple, you know, a temple guard, to Padawans. Yeah, and he then spies he everywhere. Like you said, to torturing people and how terrible the Inquisitors were, because Tuolan, the Padawan that she grew up with, didn't want to join the Inquisitors, but they tortured him until he did, you know, brainwashed him pretty much. So uh just overall it's a lot of stuff in the Clone Wars. Like it talked about over 200 bat Jedi died in the Battle of Geonosis, which I didn't realize it was like that big of a number. We could be talking like up to 500 because I think I read before that a big chunk of the Jedi died. Like the Battle of Geonosis was huge. Like yeah. a lot of Jedi died. Were we just like, oh, you know, a couple appeared in the arena. Well, now there's books where like there's people, you know, exploring the outside of the arena. They're dying all around them. Padawans, masters. Like it was a big, a bigger battle than people realize, more than just what was appeared on screen. So, um, great Eric character exploration on a character that appeared in one comic. In one book comic that died. <laughs> that died. Yeah. And they wrote a whole book, and that's why I love Star Wars because you can get someone running down a hallway holding a Camtono, and you could build a backstory on this guy. You know, Will Rowhood, and like you could do all the stuff. This from a certain point of view books that are like, hey, you see that dude sitting there? Uh, well, he's actually a spy and he connects to Jabba. And it's there's all this background information to fill in Star Wars rather than just what's on screen. So it's for people who haven't read it. I've seen nothing but positive um, information on it. If people haven't already, I'd there's be a shocked. lot in there. It's it's a good like like you said character story of like one character, but going through like basically going through you know the prequel era, you know. Yeah, I, I, I really expected her to be turned an Inquisitor much sooner. It was almost yeah. there's the, the book turned. So it's it's nothing but Hey prequel. fellas, who was the author? Was it somebody that's written wars before? I think it was mm-hmm. I want to say E. K. Johnston, but I, I might oh, be Delilah wrong. Delilah Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. What's her name? Uh, so, so, someone from oh, not not anybody crazy new or anything. Yeah, Delilah Dawson. So I'm not sure if she wrote she wrote anything prior, but I could be wrong. But yeah, no, it totally does uh it doesn't paint Waste Windu in a very good light. Um it kind of it's basically from the but she's written other Star Wars. I don't know if she I'll, has. I'll look it up while Ricky's talking. She has. Yeah. She has. She has. She has, but I don't remember exactly offhand. But I know that name is familiar and it, it is tied to Star Wars. I think she's even done a couple of the from a certain point of view stories. Is it yeah, her, the Padme books, maybe? She know. wrote Asthma and she wrote Black Spire. Um, um, she's had some anthologies, like Marie said. So she's wrote those. So she's definitely been in and around Star Wars. Uh, she's got a huge yeah. Experience. So she's a she's, she's a known a, quantity for Star Wars. Yeah. Like I said, she wrote Phasma was probably her biggest Star Wars one. 
people's attention. What was the timeline of, of, of the book? Where where did it exist? You said Vader was involved? It yeah, goes it, it starts what prior to episode one? Well, yeah, she's a Padawan by the time the Battle of Geonosis rolls around. So and there's a ten year gap from episode one, so she's way over ten. So she was definitely born. Yeah. It talks about her as a Padawan during the Battle of Geonosis, her experiencing Order sixty six. And I Googled the comic this morning, and I think it takes place around 14 to 15 BBY is when she dies. Um, that's just a general look in the timeline book. Uh, but yeah, so it, it spans that whole area through Order 66. And that one book spans a very, very vast amount of time in telling the story, it sounds so Pretty like. much the first, the first big, like, battle or event thing in the book is them, like, pretty much getting everybody to jump on ships and go rescue Obi-Wan from Geonosis. You know, so yeah, that's, that's where it basically starts. Rescue Obi-Wan is what they do. And they're sent hundreds of Jedi. So, and then it talks about the rise of the Inquisitors. And I honestly didn't know, I haven't fully read the timeline book, that Inquisitorius started on Coruscant and then was moved to this other planet. Or yeah, that was, yeah. It wasn't was always kind of, on that planet from Kenobi. It was on Coruscant. Yeah, yeah so the main plan, it must have been right before that. Uh, it wasn't the timeline where it officially moved. But yeah, so it's I found it interesting that they were based in Coruscant for a long time. So it's if you're like the Clone Wars and you like seeing from background uh, information, this was loaded with great stuff. A new character in Star Wars, which is always great to explore. I don't need everything to be the top three characters. I like reading about Lobot. You know, I like reading about all these characters that are standing in the background that don't have 90 percent of well, screen and then time. I thought it did give a lot of context to um, what we saw in Kenobi with Reva, because also she didn't go by her sister name. She went by Reva and they're, they kept correcting her. And she's like, well, my name's Reva. And that's kind of like what this character was doing, too. Like until she fully felt like she was 100 percent an Inquisitor, um, she still went by her regular name. Um, and so like, and then it shows the, the fifth brothers in there from Kenobi, you know, the green guy, the, well, I forgot what the species he was, but yeah, he, um, he's in there and he's the same grumpy inquisitor guy. And basically Vader would have them pit against each other and they would all fight like in a death pit, you know, to see who, you yeah. know, to get better like, at being evil, you know, like the, nice sister, the big, the big orange one. And I thought it yeah. was really cool that she fought Vader. Like Vader comes up and yeah. I guess it's a rite of passage. He cuts the limb off and I like gave a really good nod when she fought. I, maybe I won't give it away. I don't know, but the outcome to the Vader fight, I was quite surprised. I was like, okay, she's, you know, really good with the saber and very tricky and deserves to be on the inquisitors. It's just like all inquisitors were terrified of Vader. Cause he would, they would basically, you saw Vader and he challenged you. You would, end up in the ER basically and you probably lost a limb or something. <laughs> lost limbs. But, yeah, he would maim whoever whoever he battled against. But yeah, he was basically trying to train them and make them into, you know, Jedi hunters, you know. And the Grand Inquisitors in there and it's, it's a bunch of good inquisitor stuff and it's, it's I, I recommend it. At first I was reading I was like, eh, I don't know about this, but I I really did get into all the uh once it jumped into episode 2, I was like, okay, cool, this is a different uh, part of the galaxy I haven't really it, it sounds almost like a gang initiation like blood in blood out yeah it is they basically jump in the Inquisitor <laughs> yeah they said I think the Vader's the only character mentioned or a part of the book what's what that is? any other legacy characters a part of the book or is Vader the only one oh no, you might have cut out earlier but yeah no it name drops Pong Krell Anakin Jocasta New Kelleran Beck it talked because they're like oh yeah well, 
the lightsaber training, go talk to Keller and Beck. She has several conversations with Yoda, Kiyeti Mundi. Uh, she actually goes to hunt down Grievous at one point, is what she's doing. Um, I don't think she ever meets him, type of thing, but she goes to hunt him down. Yeah, and then they have down. It basically explains where, what, how Grievous ended up fighting Kenobi. He was on another planet. And yeah, it, it's, it goes into a lot of that. And I think Kanan's um, master was mentioned in there. Sounds like it's name-dropping a bunch of... And the, the conversation with Yoda, that was... She went off to have a conversation with Yoda, or in the book, it's her and Yoda having having a conversation that Yoda's in the book. Yeah, he's in it. They talk. Yeah. He's like on the right. council, so cool. she talks they show the council a lot, and it's it's basically uh-huh. Mace, you know, talking to these Padawans, all, you know, the whole time. So in in her specific with Jocasta, and I'm like, man, she's really uh. Yeah, Jocasta was not nice. <laughs> Do you know any nice like nice librarians? Sorry to all the librarians. <laughs> just I was trying to make a joke. Trying to make a joke. So yeah, it was just interesting that her character, her master thought she should go a different way, which is more peaceful, and she fought against it. So see that story unravel of why she never felt like she connected with her master, and there's big reasons behind that. Yeah, and then the Jedi covering stuff up that they didn't want to be public knowledge, and you know this and that. It's a lot of. It did delve into a lot of the uh, the negative corruption stuff that the Jedi had going on that led to them, you know, getting. Sorry again, paying attention and. And dropping out, she human or is she an alien of sorts? The she she's, in this, the antagonist. She's, she's an, an alien, and she's like the only one of her species, and she has no idea where she came from. Or that's kind of like the big story plot of the book too. She's trying to figure out her origins, because um, nobody. She kind of looks kind of scary looking. She's like red and has giant claws, and so everyone's kind of, you know, shocked when they see her because they've never seen anybody like her. She's kind of like a Yoda kind of thing. But, you know, she looks like she's a bad guy. But, you know, she tries to convince her, but she's not. But then she's overly um, sensitive with the force and stuff keeps happening. People are just scared of her. So they're kind of like down on her as a Padawan and doubt her a lot. So I'm totally sorry to do this. But hearing you say that's making me real or remembering something to to derail a little bit in the epilogue Rebels, um, the, the overdub Sabine says that. Um, Garazeb takes Callus to see his plan after she says after the war sometime after the war she ta- he takes him to go see this planet so it gets to the whole timeline thing or whatever but that the, he did that same thing that he was the only a- alien and then he finds finds more elsewhere in the galaxy or whatever type of thing that that's a neat part of being the only one of your kind type of thing but yet there's the potential, like Ryan t- said about how the storytelling, Star Wars storytelling goes, that there's the potential for, yeah. so, you know, way to find more of hers and learn more about who she is or it, however that would go, whatever. But yeah, it's an, it is a, it is a fun, neat aspect of the Star yeah. Wars story. And, and that's like a major, major uh, plot of the book is her trying to discover where, you know, what species she is. Cause she doesn't even know what she is. Like, you know, there's yep. no record and We're, the Jedi deleted everything. And, you know, how, does she get, how does she get scooped up as a, is a you know a, a force sensitive baby at that point? I guess an orphan of sorts, and somebody recognized it, or an orphan in general, and brought him to the Jedi Temple. But it's yeah, cool. it's book sure. like and she was always wondering, and it's explored in the book. She's just kind of given, and the book explores why. Uh, but one of the things I love when certain characters give quotes on the Force because she's like, if I just embrace myself. Um, I can become stronger. And all these masters are always like, no, it's all about peace. Well, this one master, Cleflin, says, candy is sweet, 
vegetables are bitter, but we know which is better for your health and which will rot our teeth in reference to the light side and the dark side. Like she keeps dipping into the dark side and she's like, I can become stronger. I can become faster. And they're like, it's not about that. Like, yeah, it's sweet. It tastes good, but in the long run, it's not good for you. So I love those chunks of, it's, you know, it's a bit of a cheesy, bit of a cheesy dialogue, but it also is spot on to right to to describe and to explain that. So that that is that is kind of powerful, even even if it is a bit of a cringe aspect to to the uh, the real worldness or whatever. But no, that is a. That well, he's is saying a, this to a Padawan, uh, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's what I mean. To a Padawan, to a kid learning it, to a kid, you know, to 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 get something out of some Star Wars to try to be good, but there's bad within all of us and all that sort of stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, you got to eat your vegetables, kids. And it, it does kind of parallel like Anakin with him, you know, thinking the Jedi were holding him back. She kind of feels the same way, but this is kind of like if Anakin would have like you know listened? embraced that more. <laughs> no, if he wouldn't have listened, you know, as much as he did, <laughs> you know. So it it kind of shows like where. The the scent happens to get to fall to the dark side and, and this and that. And it it was really interesting. I was surprised that I, I enjoyed this book as much as I did. Um, the characters were, were cool and I liked all the nods and having Mace Windu in there through pretty much most of the book. I mean, anytime I get more Mace Windu, I'm happy. So I thought it was I reckon. good. I'm 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 pretty interested. So I'll yeah, be, uh, yeah. That's why me and Ryan kind of don't want to spoil too much about it because there's a lot that's in there that we didn't go over, but. Um, yeah, I would recommend it. it. It was one of the better newer books, I think. That's non. Yeah. I mean, I guess non um, High Republic. It's probably it's right up there with Shadow yeah, of the Yeah, I mean, because it's pretty much been very High Republic centric as far as the books. Yeah. Lately, right? I mean, yeah, what, and what, it doesn't what, feel like uh, it's in a way where it's trying to fill in anything either. It's kind of like its own contained story, yeah. but it's within like the prequel time. Yeah. Where else have has this character appeared, or is it just in the book? Vader comic? What I don't know what issue it was, but one comic one... issue. I think like okay, like that. Like it was just oh, here's an Inquisitor. Uh, now they're you know here's what happens to them. But then then they wrote yeah. three hundred pages about it, and you're like oh man, so this is the lead up. Okay. This is what Vader was feeling on this one scene. We get a whole book, and that's why that's truly why I love Star Wars is because you never have enough information. And that's always a story for another time, and someone just decides to write on it. It did make yeah. it seem like there was like tons of Inquisitors, though, like dozens. Yeah, you the, know. Bo- the book does. The book does. Yeah, like basically they had like their so own far, temple. Like outside the Jedi book, temple. just from what I've seen, it seems like there's only I don't know what, like a dozen or so, you know, Inquisitors. Well, she was the thirteenth, and she seen. wasn't the last, so. Yeah. Okay. So there's more more story to be mined there, I guess, if they wanted to. There's a bunch of there's like cannon fodder. They're off doing other things, but you know yeah, the main yeah. fifth brothers yeah. in there, seven sisters in there, the one that's in Jedi Fallen Orders in there, um, a couple other ones. Yeah, I don't know if you mentioned Reva. She would have been too young at that point, but what about um, Marok? Marok, what's his name from the? He could have been one of them in there. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, I was going to ask you because uh, you mentioned quite a few times the timeline book that's the one that came out earlier this year yeah the big one like the star yeah. wars one is that the, the one you're referring to yep yeah i have it open right now <laughs> looking at the i almost bought that yeah i'm just curious about that one thinking about picking it up waiting for it to go on sale mm. yeah. well, i mean it already went on sale i 
I I was going to pay fifty bucks for it, and the price dropped down to thirty five before it even released. I saw it for like twenty seven on Amazon one day. I was like, I almost bought it, and I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I haven't picked it up, but yeah, I'm really curious about it. That's the weird thing. It covers the High Republic, but the High Republic obviously isn't over. Um, and it covers Mandalorian. Yeah. Mandalorian isn't over, but it goes all the way from like the High Republic, the rise of the Sith. It doesn't talk about anything like EU, which just spans it. Um, it covers every, yeah. almost every comic and Clone Wars episodes through the prequel era. Mm. So that's why I wanted to pick it up because I've read a lot of comics and I've watched the Clone Wars, but it's a good reminder. And I can flip right to 14 BBY and it says Fortress Inquisitorius. Palpatine tells Vader he is moving Inquis- Inquisitorius to a new base away from Coruscant. So I know exactly yeah. where stuff falls, you know. When Thrawn meets Pal- when Thrawn meets Palpatine, um, like I said, all sorts of comic issues, Rebels, Resistance, all the original trilogy. Like the book is massive and very heavy. Yeah. So it's I 100 percent recommend the book just for reading the timeline. Is it still, is it still 100 percent accurate? Has anything count- contradicted it yet? Nothing's contradicted it, but the only, as I mentioned earlier, the only thing that may have changed is when Favreau said, well, Grogu may have trained with Luke for two years, but it doesn't make any sense because he goes to Luke and leaves Luke all in the span of a couple episodes. So I don't, I don't, Favreau and his, 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 not, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, I, I agree that right, it happens so quick or whatever that that might have him trying to backtrack in that moment, whether that was a well thought out statement on his part, perhaps not. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, and then it goes all the way up to the end of the sequel trilogy. So nothing's been contradicted. So unless someone decides to change, like a timeline. Shadow the Sith stuff in there. Rude. Uh, I'd have to look through it. That was right after BB. Yeah, no. so it talks about the comic for the Rise of Kylo Ren comic, which was great, mm. which wanted me to bring up when we were talking about Sabine, and I forgot. Um, there's a line in that comic where Luke is talking to Kylo, and Kylo isn't quite opened up to the Force, and Luke says something along that everyone has can look into the Force, but just the door is open more for some people type of thing. So it's like, and again, the Force flows through everybody. The Force is a whole other conversation type of thing. It's just that the way you access it is some people have the door opened for them already and are super strong. It could be like Iskic or they can be like Ray. And then there's people who have to work at it, you know, where uh, lots of characters weren't good to kind of start and then they became stronger as they went on. You get it for 20 quid in the moment timelines. Um, um, interesting enough, the uh, the Chronicles of the Jedi book I've got is, is 28.95. That's still priced more. But we've got the... Um, uh, Just, I'm you, this book's like eight pounds. The, <laughs> this I'm telling you, it's no. It's I can see it says 344 pages. Yeah, it's cover. Um, night everything's detailed. Lots of pictures. The entire book is just a line. It's a large format book. Uh, is it kind of tall? I know it is a bit. It's a tome, that's for sure, right? But is it? It's, yeah. it's about a visual a guide size. Yeah, it's like a foot tall. Yeah, a visual guide size, exactly. So okay. if you ever if you have a visual guide, it's that big but four times thicker. Yeah, well worth. Wow. Mm, I have to get it. That's so I'm questions. Wait, Sorry. Well, trivia. Before I well, ask, I wanna, 
I had a couple, I had some thoughts on Ahsoka that I want to bring up real quick and just not, um, oh, not nitpicks, but um, what do you want to say? Just Ahsoka's ship flies vertically. I just, it's Star it's Wars physics. Rebels, but when it flies, she puts it in a vertical orientation, but she's in the center cockpit. Part. But when she lands or any, when she lands, she obviously has to put it in a horizontal why not it's just fly it's the same the physics as Boba Fett's ship <laughs> yeah they're, they're, they're just thinking they're the, same. the uh, rotating inner ship part of it so it's yeah. cool visually but yeah it's definitely it, one of those like cool visual but that's what made me start to think why well, she's rotating that but what is that gaining from a from a streamlined standpoint a I can fly through things easier standpoint I'm, I'm tall and you know up and down but I'm not wide that makes it easier to navigate it's just just a weird it weird would, though, wouldn't it? very cool um fifth element aspect I don't think anybody mentioned that I forgot to mention that in in her in, in that map room in, in the very very beginning of the first episode just it felt like a, a fifth you know, element that, that's, that's what my wife my wife said that too she's like it's the fifth element they're finding <laughs> like, yeah, I hope she has one match left in the matchbook so she can light the fire <laughs> element uh, the thing whatever and yeah, then well, who yeah jumbled the thing anyone yeah. pick up or otherwise have a weird why is he he like squints his eyes at one point i think or he definitely blinks at a couple of times i guess he's just refreshing the 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 optic sensors that he has because he's so old um or it's not one of his original or it is one of his original parts and he has to turn them off reboot them every once in a while so that they can see it was just a weird thing to see in a droid that he is his light lighted up eyes go on and off every once in a while original parts how awesome did those droids look like look though that um ahsoka was fighting they looked cool oh i gotta say on those droids they really scared me how still they were standing that just made me uneasy (laughs) when that one walks out yeah it's like And just the way Hu Yang walks, where he's got like a wobble, I honestly have no clue if any of these droids are people in CG or if they're 100% CG. Obviously, some of them are people dressed up because Sabine I grabs a one's back, but they look amazing. I can't tell. And they walk yeah. incredible. Hu Yang, I, I heard Hu Yang is, is sometimes it's a puppet and then sometimes it's CGI. So it's like both. He, he wobbles like a that's puppet. So like, that's not a person yeah, walking. I couldn't tell really. I mean, I wasn't paying that close attention, but I mean, uh, yeah, I was. I, was, I found. And here I am watching it, thinking that... it's just a robot. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got so like it's so good. I didn't even, I didn't even think about any how they did it. I'm just like, oh, it's a robot. He's talking. <laughs> when that HK yeah. assassin first appears and he's walking towards Ahsoka and just like yeah. pauses, no breathing, no shuddering, just perfectly still. I'm like. Man, that's really uneasy. Well, what's dude. the line that they say? Like we or something? To see. You're, it is. It is. A, it is an uneasy, ominous uh, aspect of a droid that we usually very fluid or whatever. But him, he just pauses right where he needs to be. Yeah. I'm good right here, waiting to defeat you or waiting to fight you. Almost like a the cat man. when it, it sees you and it just stops. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't know if it's gonna jump at you or if it's gonna take off. You know. Go for the jugular or take off. Yeah, that's basically my cat in a nutshell. <laughs> so, what did we name the Loath Cat? What was the, the what was the consensus, Stephen? We didn't. Oh. Uh, it's not going to be Tiddles. Um, Loathy the Loath Cat. Well, Marie Loathy, had a good one. Loath Cat. Um, the baby cat. I don't know. It needs to come. Up, need to come up with something. Um, Tater Tot. Total. Tater Tot. Loth back. Total. Patel. 
Hotel. Hotel. No, Hotel. H-T-O-L. Hotel. Is that its name? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Hodel. The name Hodel. is. Um, yeah, I have to come up with something. I, I can see some. Uh, I can see some cute plush toys coming up with. Uh, oh, my daughter's in love with it. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they already did. I mean, obviously, yeah, they'll re-release or whatever. But when we did Disney's Galaxy Edge, I yeah. bought a loft cat, uh, a kitten that if you pat its head, it purrs. I'll oh. go get. I had to picture this video of it. It's a it's a neat little. My wife's like, what are we? What is that? I've never seen that in Star Wars before. I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a loft cat. Come on, if they, you would it's love this thing. <laughs> it's a cat with chicken feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Okay. If I ever brought Buggles yeah. in the live action, I'd, I'd die. <laughs> it it kind of looks like a gremlin, so I would say like Gizmo too. Yeah. Gizmo would be yeah. a good name. Yeah. Yes, that's we should go for. Yeah, Gizmo. Gizmo. <laughs> yes, we'll go for Gizmo. I think that's brilliant because that's exactly what I was. You uh, are not ready to think... own the Lord Cat. <laughs> uh, okay. I think uh, next uh, time I go to Disneyland, I'm going to go buy myself a Lord Cat. I think we're going to have to too. <laughs> And that's fun. Not, not, not just on it, Ricky. Christmas. So, like, next time you you guys are out there, let me know, and I'll fly down and and we can meet up and buy a loft cat. Loft cat. Buy a loft cat. <laughs> Have a loft cat party. Crazy old loft, loft cat, cat party. party. Yeah. We can feed in green milk. <laughs> the the loft cat adoption party. <laughs> like pound right? puppies, but loft cats and. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm just like about thirty minutes away from from Disney. So. Oh wow. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. I'm game. Let me know. Though. I'm like, uh, what? I'm, five, uh, I'm, five north, of, I'm north of Disney. I'm, oh, so I'm you're in LA. Yeah, I'm in LA. I'm like 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes outside of, uh, what is it? Uh, I'll give you my exact direction. I'm Tony, what's your physical address so we can minutes, see <laughs> uh, I'll stop short of that. I'm like 10, 15 minutes east of downtown Los Angeles mm. and about 30 minutes north of Disneyland. So. You can look oh, it up on a map. Oh, okay. Oh, I would love that. See where I'd be there every day. I would be a, a pass holder. <laughs> oh, I when I was working there, I was like there after work every day on my on on my employee badge. You used to yeah. work there. Oh, I'm gonna need some behind the Disneyland. Yeah, I, I used to work the main gate. Yeah, she was a. Yeah. I want to the underground paths, <laughs> the underground trails. I want to know about all that stuff. We're gonna have to. Uh, we a... don't have those at Disneyland. You're t- you're thinking Walt Disney World. Oh, they both don't do it? Dang. I Disneyland has alleys. No, they both don't do it. Yeah, Disneyland has the alley pathways in the back that I've snuck into. Yeah, the Disneyland has those alley pathways, the backstage areas. I've been in the backstage areas. I actually saw um I actually saw them pulling the, the guts of Space Mountain out of out of it when they were reconstructing it for the um the fiftieth anniversary. Um I could see it from the backstage area from where I work uh for the area where I worked. So I was I I uh, witnessed a lot of that when they were first tearing down uh, Space Mountain to rebuild it. That was really interesting because it was kind of like open and you couldn't see it from the park. But if you were in the backstage areas, you could see it. Was it like a skeletal Death Star? <laughs> it was it was weird. It's weird seeing the, the space. If you look online, there's um, there's like video of Space Mountain um, in uh, with with the lights on and or like that shows the structure and it you look at it and you're like wow you could like literally get beheaded because the the rails are much closer together than you actually think they are you know the levels of the of the rails are much closer together than, than oh, you really? really think they are because you lose all sense of perspective when the lights are off oh. you don't you don't know where you are yeah so keep your arms down <laughs> yeah so really keep your arms inside the car 
Hyperspace Mountain was so crazy with that because it was like pitch black. (laughs) Okay, guys, we've reached the end of the road. But (laughs) before we go, I've got to go back with the questions that I gave at the start of the episode for people to think about or just uh, skip and find out. So, oh, oh, I didn't put the answer here to the first one, but I think I know it's off my head. Um, So at the start of the show, I asked, what was the name of the red colour droid in the shipyard that revealed they'd seen an assassin droid? Um, Ron said he thought he knew, but he'd uh, keep it. Was his name Snitch? (laughs) Snitch, yeah. I'm just about to get shot. It was C1. It was yeah, C1. C1B was my guess. Yeah, it was C1. I was like, actually... I don't trust anything that's red in Star Wars. I was like, that was droid's... it just C1 or was it C3PO in disguise? What was it called? What was the full name? C. It was just C-1 is what the uh, subtitle hmm. said. Yeah, C1 is what the subtitle said. But I couldn't remember if it was C1 or C3. I I thought it was. My guess was going to be C1B for for whatever reason. The subtitles, Ahsoka's ship. The subtitle says T, the number six, and then a dash. I think whatever. But then it said one O N E nine N I N E. You know, it it, it was they weird it that it, one. No, Ahsoka's ship had yeah, a designation. Yeah, they called it Home One, didn't they? Six one nine seven four. No, no, but what I'm the, the home, no. home One was the Republic. The the hmm. Ship Return of the Jedi, the big um, rebel ship. But what I'm she's, finding she's fascinating was is that the way the subtitle spelled it out, it did a, a, a letter T, the number six, but then it spelled out one, it spelled out nine, it spelled out seven, it spelled out four. Is there something to? Is there a T six designation? They just chose to do it that way because it's it's the closed captioning. Whatever. It just I found that interesting in in in, in mm-hmm. having the closed captioning on that they did a T and a six, but spelled out the other numbers. That is that a that sh- like we call them X wings, E wings. You know, is that a that that flying vertical wing but landing horizontal? Is that a T six? Whatever. Is it one nine seven four run? Yeah. I wonder if that's like anything to do with when uh, George started writing the script for A New Hope. The year. Clearly, clearly, some 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 tie to something with mm. with regards to to the the designation. There was another one that was G thirty eight, and I wondered what that was. You know, mm. usually the you got to make up some number. It's got to be something. Hamill's phone number for the cell block, or or the, <laughs> the trash compactor, or whatever. There's we'll, we'll find out. That's the beauty of Star Wars too, and the behind the scenes aspect of things. Find find out what those uh, some sort of. Why just. I just Googled it, and it says that it's the T6 shuttle. Okay, so the, that's why the that's T6. The one that it, yeah, it's just T-6, and it says it's a shuttle, and it says Ahsoka uses it to get around, and it first de- debuted in the Clone Wars, and it was one of uh, several ships used by the Jedi Order during the prequel era. And it is the same one they so. show in Rebels, too. Yes, Wait, it's, it uh, says it... here that 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 her ship is was first appeared in the series finale of Rebels. So yeah. it's the same the same ship. Aren't the snowspeeders T sixes? T sixteen. Strikes back. 
T16s, oh, I think. 16s. Okay, I'm I'm mixing I'm mixing up my ship designations, but <laughs> I mean T6 they're all kind of similar, a... so it's it's pretty easy to. And then there's a, a bell. Then there's a T14 hyperdrive. Like <laughs> like what's with the yeah. the scene the, the end or it's not the end scene, but the scene with Sabine at the mural and Ahsoka shows up. The same scene we see in in, in Rebels. Um, it was a recreation. Recreation. It was or a recreation, a different... and it was a recreation, a... and then the. The big detail that they changed was the color of Ahsoka's cloak, which and the ship. Uh, the ship was red. In the, in the scene. was the ship red. Yeah, well, wasn't it red? Had a stand. Well, I mean, it was more bright, but it was a cartoon. So, but How yeah, Ron, the reason I I, I figured that. out it was a recreation was because earlier in the uh, episode they did the reveal of the mural as the um, as a new monument that they made. And so in the in Clone Wars, she or in Edna Rebels, Sabine's standing there by the mural on top of that spire. Yeah. Right. They're both that that celebration is saying that that mural was 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 being was being revealed yeah. or being, or was just run recently recently being shown to everyone or or moved because that mural was that mural always in that location? No, they moved oh, it there. It was a dedication ceremony. So I think that with Ryder Azani could be they just moved it there and want to dedicate it. Was a year later after the. I don't know. I'm I'm currently of the camp that it's a a different scene, different timeline, similar but different. Ahsoka doesn't have her staff. I get recreating the steps and some other things. There's practical aspects to what you can do versus animation. Um, so you know it doesn't look beat for beat or doesn't look the the same or whatever. But you, why wouldn't Ahsoka have her staff? Why would Ahsoka she even have the staff? I, I never understood what that what it was for it doesn't matter she <laughs> had that in rebels so she has this staff with her cloak ahsoka the gray as we were calling her at the time yeah and while there's no dialogue in that scene it's very well it, it's it's crafted in a manner that that is ahsoka's return that sabine is surprised to see her in that moment um in in rebels as ahsoka has returned hey what's up Whereas the scene in, in the Ahsoka series, the live action, she's clearly already seen and talked with us. you know, it's not a f new meeting at that point or whatever. I'm I'm of the camp. It's a it's a. Doesn't she say scene. let's go find Ezra? So, uh, she says nice hair. The thing is, no, yeah, on the nice show, on Rebels. No. So Sabine says I'm ready. In 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 Ahsoka live action, she says I'm ready. Well, I'm talking about in Rebels. In Rebels, I don't think there's anything s said. She definitely doesn't say I'm ready, but anyway, it's yeah. It, it's, I, I think it's I just think a it's, change, like the it, way they've 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 made their changes from one medium to the other, like when they do uh when they changed uh what's his name on uh, on Mandalorian from the books uh the guy who had the Boba Fett's armor spacing on his name. Um, oh yeah, Cobb Vanth. You know they changed Cobb Vanth. They changed his story a little bit, so now you know they're changing the story of. Ahsoka and Sabine taking off a little bit. You know, I mean, I think they're just recreations. It's the same thing, but they're just they're I mean, different. he's allowed to his liberty. The only I push on that is it's it's both were Dave Filoni, you know, that that it'd be weird for him to change change his own thing for for what reason versus the Cobb Vanth was a book years ago character. Yeah. Changed well, maybe fit. Dave changed his mind or came up with more ideas. Yeah, it came with it came with anyway. I'm, I will still be of the camp. It's a it's a different scene until something yeah. wants to say otherwise. Well, and just well, something, yeah, something to be discussed. We'll to tune in and watch. 
Okay, no, <laughs> yeah. Do we get both questions answered? No, we haven't yet, just so it just doesn't end up um, being, being a marathon. The other question was how many words were in Ahsoka's quote crawl? Uh, and people just have a quick 239. guess. 239. I need to know were the three paragraphs or two? There were three paragraphs, three. yeah? Three. I, I think uh, 50, or um, what I think, there were five words. I told you it's more than 88. Oh, it's more than 88. So 90, 90, uh, let's go uh, 92 for me. Okay, what's, what, what, what's everybody saying? Quick. 129. 129. Yes. 129. Well, you'll get your guesses anyway. It was, it was 107. Oh, wow. I win. Yes. 92. Price is right rules. Yeah. <laughs> I said 112. Okay. <laughs> That's only like so, four off. Thank you very much, everybody. Let's just say so a quick goodbye from everybody. Um, so it's goodbye from Tony. Goodbye, everyone. Uh, I hope to see you next time around. Great yes. hanging out. Don't be a stranger. Um, Marie. Hasta la vista, people. Yep. Uh, I agree, too. Uh, <laughs> Ricky. Bye bye. See you real soon. <laughs> uh, but off to Ryan. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and to Ron. Cheers, everyone. Always a pleasure, Chancellor, fellow centers. Good time. And it's goodbye for me. Goodbye. May the force be with you all. Until next time. May the force be with you. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. Go <laughs> oh, switch off. I am the Senate. Be sure to follow us online. We're at Facebook at PSW Senate. Join our Plus 20 Star Wars Facebook group. We all are in there interacting. You can find us on Twitter at PSW Senate. On Instagram, we're at PSW Senate Podcast. And on TikTok, we're at PSW Senate Podcast. We look forward to hearing from you. The Force will be with you. Always.
Oh no, no, I have to, no, I have double click. Oh no, it is still. Now Ricky cool. has no after credit stuff. Yeah, it's fine. Um, oh no, well, we haven't started yet. We still started yet. We could, we could, uh, we're still going. We're still going. We could turn uh, the echo. It <coughs> comes back. Yeah, that echoes back. Echoes back. Well, I wanted to give him something for the. So was Fives and Jesse. <laughs> that chip. It's the uh, that chip in the head. Echo needs to join the Bad Batch. Echo gone. Well, actually, the Fives didn't have. Yeah, Echo. Yeah, they did have the chip, didn't they? The fives. I got confused. Who's who's in what group? Was Echo That's in the Fives? Oh, yes. Yes, Echo's Echo. still there. You might need to reboot, Rob. Every <laughs> instance of Skype now. Every, how many instances did you have? I think that got it. <laughs> well, well he muted now. Rob boots himself. That works tremendously, but it kind of, kind of is a bit of a spanner in the works, isn't it? Right. Okay. I have checked. I have got the script swapped around. You didn't what? use the uh, the stuff from Bing, did you? <laughs> That, that oh God! Not very no, 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 no. Stephen no. is a very handsome man. <clears throat> so I can't. I don't know where it's got that from. <laughs> and he also <laughs> runs the finances for the UK. <laughs> yeah, I do. In my spare time, that is just uh, what I might do. There was some other... would never marry Natalie Portman because she's not an activist or a politician. <laughs> what else? Some... Ron's got a podcast. Ron's got a podcast. Ron's, yeah. what's it called? Ron's rave? Ron's rant. Rant, Ron's... yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Stephen, are you waiting for Jen and Dave? <laughs> yeah, and Jen and Dave are in the, on the Jen and Dave are our most popular um, guests. Yeah. I don't know where it got any of that. Our co-host. Can't find it. That's too far back. We, we went a bit mad, didn't we? This is so much text in this chat. I know. <laughs> I was asking Ben. I wouldn't it be nice if we can ask it just to give you a paragraph when you ask a question. So it did tell us that your your um your sale barge is probably worth between a thousand and two thousand now, Ron. Yeah. You probably already know. Um but yeah. And I heard they're make... doing the they're doing the ghost now, is that correct? That's correct. Mm-hmm. All right. What with the phantom stuck inside? I would that I, would... I don't know, but I'm probably yeah, I can't imagine. I, so. I haven't fully vetted or fully. I think it ends in September, so I got some time to to research it or whatever. But um, I haven't. Uh, don't know the full ins and outs, but it looks the pictures I've seen, and I'm sure it's going to be very, very well done. And I can't imagine it not having the phantom. But we didn't see the ghost in Ahsoka, did we? No, it was we a did. phantom. That's me. No, it was a phantom. That's right. I got that's yeah. conversation. Yes, that's some conversation goes. Yes, yeah, so we well, we're, seeing we're, how much uh, the sail barge has appreciated, I almost uh, tempted to to get one and yeah, the sail barge has a table fandom, <laughs> um, so to speak, at, you know, chasing after it. The ghost, I think, will be popular, but not not and, and will appreciate not the sail barge level. opportunity to get it. But the, the the ghost doesn't have the same sort of fandom following and years behind it, if you will, so to speak, and all well, the characters. True. The, you know all the all the playability of of all the various characters and putting skiff guards on it and, and a little skiff you know so much um, other ancillary things that could go yeah. with it whatever the ghost not yet not so much I think Ahsoka will help that, the ghost. That's like, true. <clears throat> that makes sense. Okay, so let me just check. Got this, 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 yeah, so I got that there. Okay, okay. 
Right, okay. I'm ready. Is everyone else ready? Ready. Yeah, ready. Okay, now. We're ready. Okay. Ready. Okay. <laughs>